0: I've got a bike
1: Welcome to Light the Sky, and welcome to Pink Floyd. Glad you're here, and I couldn't be more excited to be stepping back into the year 1967 uh, to cover Pink Floyd. And uh, for those of you who are just joining us, uh, we've already done Van Halen, we've done Metallica, and we are going to be taking you on a journey of Pink Floyd. We are Light the Sky podcast, and we are four guys that did not grow up with this type of music, but love it nonetheless. We are a track-by-track, album-by-album exploration of musical artists whose discographies spanned generations." Van Halen, Metallica, and now Pink Floyd. Think of us as making a movie for each episode. And at the end, you will feel as though you have explored at a documentary level every track, the highs, the lows, from Fair Warning to Saint Anger, everything in between. Uh, Can't wait to get into Pink Floyd. They have a prolific discography. Um, Really, it's I wouldn't even call it progressive rock. It's psychedelic rock. It's it's just so... um, You know, there's so much here to to unpack. So, couldn't be more excited. I've got myself, uh, I'm the producer. We've got Kevin, the engineer. We've got Chris, the architect. And we've got Alex, the contender. Let me have that right. You guys there? And if you never listen to this show, uh, this is a, uh, we chapter how we do this. We start out with an introduction. We go track by track. Kevin plays us the tracks. And then we have a little trivia uh, session, a contest called Seven for the Buy, where Chris leads that. And then Alex leads the Love It or Flush It, which is the best part of the show, I think. The funniest part for sure. And that is where we go track by track again, and we will either love, flush, terminate or buy each track of the album. And what I mean by, uh, uh, terminate and buy, um, buy means that you have bought this track for the essential Spotify playlist, which is a best of Pink Floyd or Metallica or Van Halen or whatever, uh, we might go on to do in the future. Um, that is a bit more of a nuanced version, not just the hits, but the deep cuts, the ups and the downs, perhaps, because you would want to show, this is how you'd want to introduce somebody to this artist. And we, uh, you know it's fascinating to see the different uh, way that the playlists go and then termination means it should be terminated from existence this song is either not congruent with the album or might be so freaking bad um, that it just it would their discography would be better off without it so stick around it's a lot of fun let's jump into the show Alright, let's get started. Piper at the Gates of Dawn, 1967 debut album, recorded at the same time and the same studio as... Uh, Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band um, from the Beatles. And there is a, um, you know, perhaps some resemblances there. And I am going to start with my out of 10, uh, my rating of this album, uh, and my little uh, opening review. I have to say that um, I am a big Pink Floyd fan, but really didn't dig into anything pre-1971, and perhaps shame on me because there is a lot here. I might even go as far as to call this album the mitochondrial eve of progressive rock. Uh, And what I mean by that is that you you can hear Pink Floyd, you can hear Queen, you can hear Genesis, you can hear Yes, you can hear King Crimson all in this album, which isn't even a progressive rock album. And really, Pink Floyd isn't even really a progressive rock band. I, I think you can make a strong argument from that. Um, but those are the titans of progressive rock from the UK. Um, you know, Rush being from Canada, Rush kind of being more on the Led Zeppelin tree of things. But if this if this album is just a direct bridge between the experimentation of the Beatles and the Beach Boys and full out progressive rock. I really like this album. I really enjoy this album. And on a side note, and maybe this is just an appreciation from getting out of the 90s with which we spent so much time in with Metallica, If the 1965 to 1975, those 10 years, I feel like were the best 10 years to be in the studio, to be an engineer, and all of the innovation and experimentation that went on. So this long winded opening review will result in a (laughs) nine out of 10 for Piper at the gates of dawn shooting high. I think, Oh, I, I really hear that. I hear again, I'll say it again, the mitochondrial Eve of progressive rock will, can be found in this album.
2: Who's next? Uh, it is Chris, right? Yeah. Chris, give us your out of 10 opening review. Um, yeah, this is interesting because I mean, I because of my parents, I mean, I listened to a lot of '60s music uh, and even uh, my fair share of psychedelic rock. Uh, I it's funny with this record. I mean, this is probably as far as psychedelic records are concerned. This is probably the most British of everything that I've listened to. I mean, this is probably as quintessentially qu- uh, British as you can get uh, of that era. I mean, compared to even compared to the Beatles. Uh, And other bands, I mean, because this again, this is 67 or maybe even including 66 a little bit. This is where the tide was shifting towards kind of uh, experimental, expanding your mind, uh, really getting into the kind of almost like the dream state of rock, uh, kind of getting away from the bubble gum and and more exploratory. And I typically go for more of the conventional, kind of like, I mean, I'm a big Hendrix fan, I'm a big Cream fan, and I always, when it comes to psychedelic, I always kind of go towards that uh, when it comes to this style of music. But yeah, kind of like Mark, I mean, you can't help but appreciate, I mean, this is, and I'm going to quote, yeah, this the documentary I watched yesterday, uh, uh, kind of explaining kind of Sid Barrett and his uh, kind of contributions to this album is, uh, wonderfully eccentric, and I think this, I think that really demonstrated yeah this record. It's you can't help but appreciate it for what it is. I mean, it's uh, it's uh, it doesn't try to be anything specific. I mean, it's definitely charting new territory. Uh, yeah, whether it's the lyrics or the music. And again, this is music for 1967. Yeah, where it's I mean, you can just kind of picture yourself being in one of those. Dark uh, kind of like British clubs with the light. If, if, if you, I'm not sure if any of you guys have ever watched uh, any of like any other Pink Floyd documentary, kind of with a few uh, videos out from that time where it's pretty much yeah the band on stage, pretty much, and the music's pretty much just there to accompany the the experience the of the yeah. like of, of the scene that you're in at the moment. And for some people that might be good, but if you're not really, if you really weren't into that scene, or or, or if that was your you might be like well where's where's the song or where's the but uh uh but on record though yeah it's uh that can like strike uh, a little bit of a balance i mean there are moments that kind of where it's like yeah this is psychedelic yeah this is kind of like you can see they're just yeah yeah kind of where it's just yeah okay you can imagine because i know yeah sid at this time this is kind of at the point where he was starting to drop a little as far as with all the, the uh psychologically with all the drugs that he was taking and you can kind of hear that there was some of the the noise rock do you want to call it that uh i'm gonna uh, kind call of it times, i'm gonna
1: call it the found sound
2: so yeah as far as um appreciating it for its uh wonderful uh, eccentricities yeah i'll give it a uh i guess a six and a half out of ten because again it's not my preferred psychedelia but it's uh for british Yeah, i think it's about as yeah, unique as it gets <laughs> okay Kevin, you're no, Alex, you're up.
3: Yeah, I'm gonna actually give it the exact same rating as Chris. Uh, I'm gonna give it a six and a half out of ten as well. And to be honest, I I'm not the biggest psychedelic rock guy. I do like prog stuff. Like I I obviously Rush is one of my favorite bands, as I've probably stated on this podcast before. And I, I like as Kevin knows, I've been in a psychedelic rock band and I listened to <laughs> I I listened to this album and I kind of heard some similarities. I mean, I I went into that band, not having it really be my cup of tea. So those guys were kind of introducing me into the world of kind of psychedelic rock. And it's like, okay, I can find some appreciation here. And, you know, I am a big fan of British music. A lot of my favorite bands are from, from Britain. I'm a huge Brit pop guy, like the nineties Brit pop, like Oasis and blur and stone Mm -hmm. roses and stuff like that. And I actually kind of hear a lot of those melodies and some of those bands, um, which was kind of interesting to hear. I will agree, uh, on the pop sensibilities, yeah, it's obviously it's very British, but um, there's some cool things going on. Uh, I, I, honestly, I like more of the uh. pop, more the simple pop songs over the kind of uh, psychedelic ex- experimentation. Um, you know, Can't I wait like, to get to those. <laughs> yeah, and then you know, like I, I recently watched Quadrophenia for the first time, and I and I love I love <laughs> the Who, and you know, there's some things in that where I feel like I can kind of hear that maybe. You know, this album influenced The Who, or I don't think vice versa. I'd have to check my timeline on it. But yeah, I mean, my I'm not the most experienced when it comes to Pink Floyd, to be honest. So this will be a fun discography. And my sweet spot is probably most people's sweet spot. You know, Dark Side, Wish You Were Here, uh, those records. So this is the first time I really ever listen to any Sid Barrett stuff. And I'll give it a six six 6.5 out of 10. But I know going into this record, I listened to it, and I'm like, I I don't like this. Like this is, I couldn't remember anything. I listened to it once and I'm like, nothing really stuck out to me. And I listened to it again the past couple days and it kind of clicked a little bit. Like a little bit. Yeah. That's the same way. And I'm like, okay, I kind of like find things here that I actually like and I can put myself in the headspace kind of. So yeah, uh, I'll give it a six and a half out of 10 and maybe my score could go up. Kevin, close it out.
4: All right. Well, yeah, I I listened to this a bunch too. Uh, I don't know how many times, but it's gotta be maybe four or five. Um, I'm not somebody who puts a lot of influence uh, on whether this album influenced uh, other bands I like or not. Um, it it mostly comes down to whether I liked it, you know, when I was listening to it. For the for the most part, of course, you know, if if that ends up being a factor after the fact, well, that makes it more interesting to me. But. Uh, an interesting question popped into my mind inadvertently while I was listening to this album, uh, sitting there, and, and this thought bobble, bubble just floated across the brain. And, and the thought was, you know, would I be? Would I rather listen to this over Saint Anger? And the answer was no. So you know, Why? I'm not going to get mad. Yeah, I... I, I'm not. No, not. <laughs> Hold up. <laughs> I'm not gonna no, get mad about it I'm not gonna give a long <laughs> explanation. I'm just gonna go ahead I'm gonna give this a two out of 10 and uh, we can move on
2: Yikes. okay, okay. I what I, a I, slap I can't, in I the can't face. I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't wait for the uh, for the uh, for the uh, the brothers to go okay, let me, in. Let me let me.
1: Uh, I'd I have a rebuttal yeah. here.
2: Um, no, I I, I there, gave Saintinger two
4: out of five, and I'd rather look, look. listen to that album.
1: So I, I know you can say that is. you can wow. listen to these, to these, and we are all listening to these and experiencing these out of context. None of us were even like you know like our dad was seven when this came out. Like so that's that kind of shows you where we are in terms of this timeline. Um, but there's just um, you know something about when an album is done and that period of time, what's captured on tape. And if it's captured at the right time, it just adds more for me. Like if this came out in 72, I would feel bad for the band. You know, it's like when an 80s band releases something, it's like, okay, it's, it's it sounds good, but like, dude, it's not 1984, it's 1991. And it just, you kind of feel bad for the band and you just kind of have like, there's like a cringe factor or there's something that just doesn't feel as exciting and fresh. You hear, I think like you could viscerally hear the excitement Put to tape, the capture, the energy of the performances of their live shows. And really, you know, do, it, it. sometimes it's a question. It is a question with all of the bands of this scene and of this era and really even beyond the music. Um, you know, this, this this was a UK scene, so it had really nothing to do with um, the Warhol scene or what was going on in that, you know, in, in, in Max's Kansas studio and Studio 54. And I just know that about that because my wife's a huge fan of that kind of stuff. But like mm-hmm. the do they even know what they're doing question comes up a lot. But I think it's fine and that's my rebuttal is that but, of the era it really captures a moment and that's what i appreciate most about yeah, I, it i think
4: I, i'm just not yeah. excited about it though maybe they were excited I, i'm and, not and again, i don't yeah, want to listen to it
2: yeah <laughs> yeah this, this this is such a different i mean compared to the rest of the pink floyd discography i mean they didn't make another album like this because they, well they only made the one record with sid before his emotional breakdown so it's hard to uh yeah it's hard to and again this is almost i mean there's some moments on here where i kind of thought monty python a little bit which i love that's probably the one really british thing that i actually do love but here i get kevin's point uh and i get yeah mark's point but yeah i guess it just depends again it's a t- it's taste and sure. this is this is the european kind of as far as hippie kind of approach if you want to call it that because this is all uh but funny enough i don't even think to, as far as being well aware of what was going on on the other side of the pond Yeah, Uh, because again, the the drug culture was, I think, pretty much kind of international at this point. But as far as whether or not each side was really aware, I mean, I think the biggest as far as this type of music at this time, I think the Beatles were kind of at the top of the totem pole as far as having a, a global influence with psychedelic and I, music and but i for, hate
4: them too so i mean this
2: is not okay is well, i'm not, not gonna good. go that far yeah yeah yeah, so, yeah you uh, and your dad i guess yeah you know yeah. no Beatles love but uh <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, no but uh, if, like but i get, I get
4: it, yeah. people who do so like that's the thing it's just yeah. not for me that's you know the no, way you no, that's felt a, about ignorance is bliss is kind of where i am,
2: right yeah. yeah no it had it has nothing it's nothing personal. Uh, well it well nothing like 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 vicious or anything it's just like i it's just mentally um yeah it's yeah. just not something that clicks with the you know, with the uh the brain audible sensors <laughs> sure
4: yeah so let's get into the track by track here yeah uh we're gonna go and we're gonna start off piper at the gates of dawn this is astronomy and domini
2: Again, I mean, this is, again, it's funny, I have a hard time as far as as far as far with listening to this record without, because I've watched a, quite a few Pink Floyd docs, and I always think of just some of those old videos of them just in the, what was it called, I think the UFO Club, I think was the main club that they were kind of almost like the house band. And again, you just see the light, you see them up on stage, like, yeah, kind of, and sometimes you can't really see them because the lights are flashing, the, yeah, the, the imagery uh is just yeah it's 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 hard to remove this album without thinking about the actual like experience of being at an early pink floyd show and again it's uh yeah it's got that kind of cool little t- uh kind of fender guitar kind of riff uh, that kind of you can hear a little bit throughout the song uh and again you've got yeah that kind of quintessential Sid going ooh yeah it's just yeah that's yeah, I don't think I think that's one of those kind of parts from this era that you always hear when you're talking about uh, whether it's a documentary or, whatever. Yeah, or just in general discussions. Uh, yeah, it's fine. These yeah, these songs are kind of difficult as far as breaking them down because again, there's so there's such a yeah kind of it's they're not conventional songs. I mean, it's more about the yeah these songs were written at a time when people were experimenting with certain things. And again, the four of us for the most part are pretty. Yeah, straight laced. I mean, we yeah, we listen to music, but we never really delve into the kind of the other as far as the, the other side. Yeah, <laughs> the other side of of being in a yeah. And funny enough, I mean, by by later standards, you me I mean it's not dropped any... LSD to listen to this album. <laughs>
3: no, okay, yeah. Be the last <laughs> my, my, guy, my guy, my was so on. Tired vacation. of reading
1: reviews of this album and seeing people talk about LSD. Like, if, you can evaluate music without being
2: on.
0: Yeah, it's but it, it's hard enough, again.
2: I, but it's hard, though, because the main songwriter was, was at this point, at the time of the record, recording of the record, was completely immersed in it to the point where it actually affected his ability, like, when they actually took it out there, yeah, uh, out into the world, yeah, that, that he couldn't keep up with it, yeah, he was just, uh, yeah, the drugs had made it impossible for him to, and... Yeah, it's unfortunate, and you can kind of feel that throughout the record. Uh, throughout the record, and that's what makes it an interesting record because it's not conventional song structure, uh, which kind of makes me. And I, again, I I understand where Kevin's coming from, but I also get where Mark is coming from because, yeah, you have to appreciate it for what it is, because it is. Uh, yeah, what did I think on all music? What did they say that this uh, this this record is precious because it is one record with with that original lineup with Sid, who was kind of this mythical character uh who unfortunately was kind of pushed out before his time unfortunately because of his own by his own doing uh so we never really got to see that any any evolution and here it's just like all right we've got a very 1967 record yeah with very 1967 elements and yeah probably the most extreme as far as yeah it sounds of its time and it's kind of stuck in its time almost uh, uh I, unfortunately uh, kind of throwing it to Kevin on his side, I don't think it's as timeless as some of the other similar records that came out of the time. Like, are you experienced or Disraeli gears from cream or, uh, um, or even some of like the Jefferson airplane records, uh, which I think are a little bit more conventional. Str- and again, that's like, are you, are you more into the avant-garde or are you more into conventional pop song structure? And I think that's another argument you can have. And this is one of those records uh, or that I could see can really divide <laughs> uh, that, uh, that, ca- those camps, uh, but again, as a, an objective listener, uh, yeah, I'm more in kind of Mark's camp, uh, camp just because it is a fascinating listen. Uh, and again, that's, and you have. To, I think you have to understand the band, like the history of the band at the time to really appreciate the music more. Because if you were just like, OK, I'm just a top 40 guy sitting here listening to it. Yeah, I would be like Kevin where it's like, what the hell is this? This is just I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> <Then> next. <laughs> but yeah. if you're somebody who's kind of into music. Or rock history, I, I, it's, it's helped me, it, 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 helped me appreciate this record a lot more, and really kind of picking out those pieces, because again, when they, yeah, you know, when Sid is on it, when they, when the drugs really aren't affecting him as much, yeah, there's some interesting melodies here, uh, but you can see when they get into that, okay, all right, because I'm gonna, sh- I'm gonna drop something before going into the studio, okay? You have a lot of those moments too, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. So anyway. Yeah, yeah, that's my...
3: This this song for me, so we're on Astronomy, the first track, and yeah. like, like I stated, this was my first time ever listening to any Sid Barrett, Pink Floyd. Um, when I was in high school, a good friend of Kevin and I's, uh, his name was Tim, he was actually in my first band, was a big Pink Floyd fan, and I have memories of being in his basement watching the uh, Live at Pompeii show, and I know that wasn't Sid, but he was a big pink floyd fan and he kind of got me into that band and and helped me understand it a little bit more and you know i'm not a not saying like mark said you don't have to be into drugs to get into this stuff and i'm not a drug guy and you know to each their own but yeah i can kind of appreciate some of the stuff going on here uh one thing i really liked was the beginning of this song i honestly Mm -hmm. loved the eerie Eerie kind of almost westerny guitar tone, uh, you know, chords going on, and I like the guitar yeah. tones. I don't know what kind of gear they were using, but it is—it's very Fendery. There's a nice breakup. It, it is sounds, a Fender. It just sounds yeah. like it's like a Strat, like through a combo amp or something like that, and there's like it, a little bit of it, grit to it, and it's really cool. So, yeah, I th- this was a, a good, I guess, opening track. I mean, with this album, because it's not like you're its not like Metallica where or like Van Halen where it's like, all right, we're opening the album with good enough or blacken and we can be like, all right, yeah, that's a good opener because it's kinda kicking the door down and saying like we're here. Like this whole album is kinda slow and weird, so I don't really know that's how I, is, yeah. I don't really know <laughs> how, how to... <laughs> you would objectively say like, Oh, that's a good opener over this one. So, I mean, that's the thing. <laughs> I I can't really make a comment on that. I guess I can just judge it on the song itself, but so I won't comment on its placement. But yeah, there, there's some cool stuff going on here and I, I don't hate it. So
1: Yeah, I'll, I'll yeah, agree with both those points. Um, the opening is unmistakably Pink Floyd, uh, which is strange for an album that does not sound like Pink Floyd in many areas or really is not indicative of where they would go. Ultimately, uh, at least when they were uh, very popular or you know, one of the biggest bands or best-selling albums in the world. Um, and I also love the... Um, you know the 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 way that to Chris's point, where the songwriting is less traditional, and it's almost I've seen it compared to like John Lennon, to where it's not mathematically put together in a way. You know that that's supposed that it's supposed to be. It's not four bars, four bars, four bars, four bars. Um, you know eight bar bridge or whatever. It's like it's like whatever sounded good, whatever. It sounded good to um, Lennon. You know, if there was an extra bar at the end of this line, then it was there. Uh, and I think Sid Barrett uses that so many times prominently on this song. If we're going to have a five-bar verse instead of a four-bar verse, because that's how the lyrics flow in my head, then we're going to do that. And props to that confidence to put that down and not really worry about the technicality or the musical accuracy of doing things in stru- structured, you know, pop-oriented format. Um, and I really love the way that they put this together. Uh, it just—it's just so simple. But at two fifty here, uh, I just want to play the chord progression that
0: they run through.
1: It's just this cycle. It goes from E to E flat to uh, I think it's A or no, it's G and then A. And it's really, it's really. There's no musicality to that progression either. It's not. One four five one. It's not
0: blues right. based.
1: There's absolutely nothing other that I think that you would come up with that other than it sounds pretty cool. Um, there's a lot of chromaticism mm-hmm. a, a, on this album, and, and I just think that there's a lot of that that I really appreciate. And really, that's indicative to me of Genesis and what they would do. Whereas just yeah. um, you know we're gonna put together a movement of chords, and it doesn't necessarily musically connect. There's no you know flat seven to three resolution or anything like it's just straight up just cool chords that sound cool. And I don't know how else to explain it. I mean, I just think of like Genesis, Duke's Travels or something where, you know, it's just a series of chords, you know, and that was 13 years after this. So uh, really, really cool. I don't know if you call it opener. Again, I agree with Alex that there isn't necessarily a coherent way of interpreting these songs as in this is the opener and this is the closer because and also I don't think that was for the publisher either because they reordered it um, for US and UK releases. So, um, yeah, I, I love the opener though it's a for what it is it's a a great opener if we want to call it that
4: all right well uh let's move on here to uh track two uh that would be lucifer sam
0: you're you're the left side he's the right side
1: without seeing the monkey being done to it or the 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 jerk dance or any other 60s dance that i could um you know i don't know i i i think the lyrics can stuff it too um with this song <laughs> fat cat something i can't explain or flat cat i'm not exactly sure what's going on there but the um the the, the song is not a um n- not a uh a pick for me i guess you might be able to see i might be foreshadowing where i'm going uh <laughs> with this one but I, I don't know what this is doing here um in context of the rest of the album like this like this like surf rock james bond um mm-hmm. don't yeah. like it you know <laughs> Like I don't, I don't know like i just i'm not even interested in hearing it from pink floyd i don't know what you guys but like I just, no i don't yeah, i don't care about this song at all <laughs>
3: Yeah, I, I don't know. I kind of actually liked that part, and I put that down in my notes as well. I'm like, I'm getting uh, like Austin Powers 1960s spy movie vibes from the beginning. Mm-hmm. And I said it was a cool song, and it was catchy. And I think there was a little bit more for me to like in this one versus the first song. I actually kind of liked the melodies and some good drumming going on because <clears throat> that's the thing the pink floyd that i'm more familiar with like dark side and the wall and and, and wish you were here i mean i i haven't listened to those records in a long time so i'm probably wrong on this but the drummer was it nick mason right yeah <laughs> is, is he like a big this is going to just show my uh ignorance here but like i'm i'm sure he's a great drummer for like crafting songs and playing good parts um, but I've always just kind of known him as more of like a like a slower kind of careful drummer. And I guess you listen to more of these early stuff and it's a little bit more kind of free form, not like jazzy, but it's a little bit more rock and you can kind of do some more stuff and have a little bit more energy. So I, I kind of appreciated hearing that from him on this. Cause like I said, I'm, I'm, you gotta know <clears throat> I'm, I'm pretty inexperienced with Pink Floyd, especially the early stuff. So, I mean, maybe for a dedicated listener, they'd be like, what are you talking about? he, he does sounds like that all the time so that's that's possibly true but this is kind of the first time where i'm really hearing him am like kind of swing and move and have some cool fills and stuff so yeah i i, I kind of appreciated some parts of it
0: mm-hmm.
4: yeah um i got that james bond vibe too and it reminded me of that kind of mystery science theater 60s double double oh seven thing he's a spy on the move and he needs the best aftershave (laughs) you know which aftershave does your spy use yeah. you and you're in doubt yeah, use
0: it yeah, and
1: it's like yeah, dad bad. kind of this like, rip off notice bond how theme and austin like, powers and not james bond so i think that's a little bit more uh, <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, it just well, and, I,
3: I, I guess it's because of the psychedelic part of the you know austin powers man and mystery that that's where i kind of got and I, bit, I wrote more down colorful. i wrote yeah.
4: down the saying that i can see those 60s dances being being done to this song yeah. and i wrote that down and I hate that organ sound or whatever it is in this song. It, it it drills into my head and it makes me nauseous. It makes it makes me physically <laughs> ill, and I just could not.
1: You can reach for your ibuprofen on song two. <laughs> <laughs> Which, I don't know. <laughs> you know I that think you guys are ready for this. <laughs> I,
0: I, I don't know. Something about it.
1: it just doesn't fit. It just like, it's just kind of a stupid like why is this here moment to me? Yeah. Like just it just on a, a very exploratory album they throw in some like surf rock, like they're like they want to do the psychedelic yeah. Beach Boys or something, which by this time the Beach Boys were already doing uh pet sounds, so like I, I don't know what this song is for. It's not for me.
0: Right.
4: <laughs> so. yeah. We're gonna move on to uh track three. Uh that would be Matilda Mother. Let's see if we get some different reactions here. Um on this different
1: moment um, there's a couple of uh, parts um, in, the, in the middle here this is at
0: 158 um, yeah.
1: hey, do you hear that audio edit? Like two takes spliced together
4: that's pretty yeah
1: it it was just kind of like what's at the end of that it's like it's like they you know it's like that idea continued and it just kind of makes me wonder what it's at the end of that tape um considering how drastically the audio like it stood out to me just just like whoa and this is on the remastered version too so um Hmm. you know whatever was on those tapes they were lost in somebody's um I don't know. Uh, some, they're, not, they're not around because uh, they, they left it in there. And I also wanted yes, to sir. point out a moment in this song, too, um, at 2.31, for those of you following along at home. You hear what the organ is doing there. It, it, here's 1965. The Beatles, Norwegian Wood, uh, Forever Soul. Um, pretty clear that it they were uh, directly influenced. And Pink Floyd is an interesting band because their influences are really aren't clearly known um, or defined, but uh, definitely a lot of Beatles in this first album, which I find to be, uh, just again, one of those moments in time of simultaneously recording at Abbey Road and experimenting in one direction with uh, Sgt. Pepper's really just trying to control the sound uh, to be create um, what they wanted to do, and Pink Floyd is really deconstructing sound and using equipment to destroy sound, so I think that's an interesting conce- yeah. concept, and kind of where we were going with uh, you know bands that are connected at the beginning of your careers, I can't say that this might continue with Pink Floyd considering that I don't know how many people would connect later Pink Floyd with the Beatles. But early on, I mean, that's just almost like a carbon copy of that uh, melodic idea right there.
3: Yeah, Mark, I, I would say the same thing with the uh, with the Beatles influence there. And I'm not the, uh, you know, the biggest Beatles aficionado either. Uh, you know, I've, I don't know, I, I guess just being... Coming from the 90s, uh, maybe the Beatles were bigger for, you know, my parents. And I mean, obviously they were because they like changed music and there's no denying their influence and no disrespect to them. But I, I think just they were one of those bands that were just so over explained that it kind of just turned me off from them a little bit where it's like so many people say like, oh, my favorite band is the Beatles. And there's like, you know, <laughs> people who I went to school with who like. Are just trying to say their favorite band is the Beatles. Yeah, it's like very beca- pretentious. It's like, yeah, their favorite no, but, band is Metallica. But, but, but a there's like so, there's and, and, <laughs> and there's like sorority girls who are like listening to like top 40 pop club radio and stuff. And then I'll like, Oh, and they'll mention their like their favorite band is the Beatles. I'm like, get out of here. Like, what are you <laughs> talking about? And it just, it's like, it's just like a poster
1: the, on their dorm. Yeah. Wall, it, it's
3: like, it's like the safe thing to say, like, uh, uh, I, I like the Beatles. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like that's like you're somehow your credentials, like you're, I don't know. That just stuff that annoys me so much. But I mean, we won't have to go into a whole Beatles thing here. I'll just say my, my Beatles record is Revolver because it's more of the punk record. But yeah, I, I like Rubber Soul and I like some of those moves there. And yeah, I guess like like you said, they were recording what Sgt. Pepper's around the same time in the same studio. Is that right? At, at the per, same time. Yeah, that was yeah, that, was the, yeah, that was the
2: next yeah, that was the point I was. Uh, gonna make yeah they were in yeah I think there was a story where Paul actually kind of popped his head in and saw that uh and kind of said hello and yeah I don't know just was trying to make them feel welcome but yeah cool. they were yeah they were they, they were recording yeah those two records at the same time so you can like going back to what Mark was saying you can see I'm sure there was a lot of Beatles influence kind of trickling in because they were right next door <laughs> yeah.
3: I'm to sure they probably heard
1: about that yeah. just just the with the studio <clears throat> at that time the well, like Abbey Road movie well, oh, I know. I'm sure it was. Too. Yeah. Speaking
3: Bands. of speaking of movies, and this will be my last point on the song, and then we can move on. But uh, I recently rewatched for like the fifth time. Uh, this is Spinal Tap, one of the greatest movies of all time. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> one of my one of my friends had never seen it, so we we got a little get together going over at my house safely and uh, watched that movie and introduced him to that movie for the first time. And uh, I listened to this song today, and I'm like. This is straight up a Spinal Tap song, like listening to the beginning of it, like the harmonies and how it kind of opens up. And I just picture them playing Stonehenge when they all have the kind of cloaks and they're reciting like the beginning sort of di- yeah. or monologue. Nigel yeah. is the doing king it. king
1: has ruled.
3: Exactly.
1: Oh, OK, so I think that I, influenced I, I, King Crimson that then influenced Spinal Tap.
3: Yeah. And, and, yeah, and I mean, then I, is... I went and I mentioned it to a friend of mine who's a big Pink Floyd fan and he's a big Spinal Tap fan. And I'm like, dude, this song is straight up a Spinal Tap song. And he's like, yeah, I mean, I'm sure that movie was poking fun at like a lot of those kind of sixties bands. So maybe it makes sense, even though that's more of like an eighties movie, but that that's just kind of a, a thing that I heard listening to this first time. I'm like, damn, this sounds like, you know? Yeah.
2: It, what it was does. the, what was the, what was the one song from there? Look at all the flower children or what was that? Exa- yeah, yeah, from, yeah, yeah, right, <laughs> yeah.
3: <right>. yeah, exactly. <laughs>
2: Yeah, this is an era that yeah that uh, has been parodied quite a bit. But uh yeah, just to, so because I, I know I had to run off quick. We're on Mother Matilda, correct? Yep. Okay. Um it's funny uh it, I I think that yeah, the documentary I was watching kind of pointed this out uh with uh, Sid's writing that uh he had the tendency to really kind of as far as putting himself back in his childlike state uh, and writing from the perspective of somebody who might be like my niece's age and doing it pretty well actually because he yeah, had this song, yeah, Sid's kind of talking about kind of Sitting in his, uh, like, uh, about to go to bed and listening to his mom reading him fairy tales. And you can hear, uh, again, yeah, some of the, uh, yeah, some of the lyrical, uh, yeah, just all these very wild kinda, uh, yeah, c- kind of, Im- uh, yeah, kind of imagery. Uh, showered silver on the people. Uh, yeah, all these weird, uh, His Majesty was in command. All these weird kind of, yeah, with silver eyes, the Scarlet Eagle. Yeah, very kind of, uh, yeah, very, uh, Yeah, almost like he's yeah trying to recreate from his childhood. Yeah, just things that he was read to. And that's
1: a theme of this this UK acid pop scene. The um, I guess you would call it the uh, the confidence of childhood, or the mystical world and the orderly perception of how things should be. Definitely something that was uh, uh, utilized um, by not just them but other bands of this uh, arena.
2: Right. Right. so yeah it's 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 fascinating cuz again i could see why and i I'll probably mention this a few times it's it's such a it's such a snapshot in time you know whether it was looking at sid himself and his mental state yeah you know, what was going on musically i mean it's yeah it's 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 definitely a wild ride uh into cuz again i mean you look at even the way that the, the lyrics are written are, are are almost yeah i mean they're about as unconventional as you can get i mean unless you were inside his head and what was going on, which I'm sure was probably a nightmare. Uh but uh you, you kinda it makes it yeah, very much a historical piece. Now isn't that uh,
1: the, the, yeah. the goal of great art is to create something that will take the observer, viewer, listener on the perspective of what you see and what you're going through, and then you know, see how they can grow from that as as the viewer. I mean, isn't that really all great art. I mean, I'm arguing this from a perspective of, of artistry rather than musicality. Um, but I, I, this album nails it in my opinion. Uh, Kevin, you seem to disagree. What are your thoughts on this song?
4: Uh, Ah, you know what? This song, not too bad in my opinion. Um, I like some of the things that are going on here. I'm not, I'm unsure about the lyrics. Chris, you mentioned some of the lyrical content. I don't know whether the lyrics necessarily speak to me personally. And that's one, right. That's yeah. one of those things. Like, you know, you're talking about art and of course, you know, we all have the it, art as a subjective kind of talking, you know, that, that comment all the time. But you know that there's so many different sides of arts to music when you're talking about lyrical side to it, the musical side to it. Um, musically, I, I, I don't mind this song. Um, the, like I said, the lyrics didn't speak to me. I do like no. harmonies that are going on. I kind of do hear the spinal tap thing now that Alex said yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, it was the key that unlocked
1: that reference. And yeah, <laughs> it's like
4: it's unfortunate in a way <laughs> because, you know, now, yeah, now I'm thinking of it. But The dwarves um, are going to come out. Right, but that that's not going to make me hate it, actually. This is kind of one of the brighter songs on the album for me, honestly.
1: It, it It's a bit of a warm blanket, too, I think
4: yeah i I would yeah. actually agree with that overall you know yeah. as it's somebody enough, who yeah. gave it a two out of ten I'm gonna say that this is was wasn't <laughs> one of the bad songs for me so yeah um we can uh move on I guess unless anybody's got anything else um and we're gonna go to flaming <laughs>
1: That I really love about this album and that they do so well so consistently throughout it are the long form musical transitions. It isn't just stop, turn on a dime, it isn't, you know, break you know, the, 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 breakdowns are long. It's almost like when you're editing two clips in video and you take that transition, that crossfade and you put it in between those and you drag it out. And it is a, you know, a two minute transition. Really. You just hear the little clickers come in and you hear the, the, the little honky tonk piano starts to, to, mm-hmm. to play. And, and it, like, it takes, it isn't just like, stop. Okay. New musical idea. Like it just fades in and out of itself. And they just execute that so brilliantly. And it's really evident on this song. I also wanted to point out a uh, a harmony that I just love. This is absolutely a warm blanket moment for me. That traveling by telephone I love it I don't know if it's Nick it's Mason I think underneath there um correct me if I'm wrong but it, it's no, probably yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just kind of a, a a shame that that might be overlooked that there's some really beautiful harmonies underneath that aren't just chasing the melody at a you know an interval you know whatever it is a, a sixth below or a third below it's it's really just it's its own line and it just fits together so nicely so really appreciate this song as being representative of the album.
2: Yeah, I uh, yeah, this is another kind of and you can hear yeah, the influences of the time. Uh, there's a little bit of uh, kind of s- that brief moment that the Stones uh, experimented with psychedelia, kind of like uh, she's a rainbow. There's a lot of that piano kind of reminded me of what you hear in that song. Uh, I know I don't have a clip here, but uh, our listeners can go and check that out. Uh, and also, yeah, you've got, uh, kind of that Lucy in the sky with diamonds vibe too, with the, uh, with some of the chordal, uh, choices. Recorded at the same uh, time. Yeah. So again, yeah. Right. Uh, right next door to each other. So it's, yeah, you can hear, and I can't, especially, I mean, recording with the Beatles, I can't, you, it's almost hard not to be influenced by what's going on next door. It's like, like, man, like the, but the funny I mean, they thing were, was the, that
1: the Beatles yeah. ended up being impl- influenced by Sid Barrett or at least Paul McCartney.
2: A little bit, yeah. They were. It's funny if you look at yeah, as far as uh, what influenced Sergeant Pepper's. There's, there's a lot of what was going on. I mean, even Frank Zappa, the Freak Out record, which is the mother of, of invention's yeah. first record, influenced what what the Beatles were doing. So yeah, I can say it too. It goes both ways. Uh, but again, I guess maybe you could say everybody was being. Maybe it was a. Maybe it was an era of just yeah, where everybody was just absorbing everything that everybody else was doing. It was the
1: summer of love. Uh,
2: it was, yeah, love. Yeah, nobody, yeah, not, not like the 80s scene where everybody was just, like, trying to kill each other with... Uh, Eddie turning his uh, back. Pretty,
0: or whatever, that, or, with the, the or,
2: the, or, or the fly, or, or the Flyer War is yeah. out on the streets. Here, yeah, if you have people pulling down Flyer. But here, yeah, I think there was a real camaraderie between the a lot of the bands, yeah, just kind of really appreciating what the other was doing. Uh, and here, yeah, yeah, again, you've got... Uh, and this, again, I think is another moment of Sid kind of uh, embracing kind of his childlike self uh, again, I was reading again because the lyrics are very difficult from from just by listening, just firsthand as far as what he's talking about. And I guess uh, this uh, song, I guess, kind of focuses on like uh, hi- like him like him as I don't know if it was him as a child playing with another friend and like this and pretending they're like in this imaginary world because uh, yeah because you can see uh, yippee you can't see me but I can see you uh, lazing uh, in the foggy dew sitting on a unicorn yeah. I uh, thought this, no fair you can't hear me but I can hear but I can you I so it's, yeah it's almost was, like it's almost like a conversation Yeah I thought the song yeah, you, was I, 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 about, that, that was that, that's what yeah that's what I what I got from just reading uh, I don't know if you found something else hopefully not but well, uh, that was I thought it uh, might have
1: been about um being covertly gay homosexual which was at well, that time in Britain I mean, was, guy, uh, illegal I think maybe
2: Again like I said a lot of I mean you, know, you could say that across a lot of Pink Floyd albums there's a lot of <clears> hidden <throat> messages uh, again, this was, I think the, as far as, I don't know if you want to see the superficial kind of readers topic of the song, but who knows, maybe there was, I mean, cause yeah, Sid was a very kind of, uh, uh kind of like, like, uh, I guess you could say like an early, like Prince, you didn't really know where, what he was. I mean, he was such a <laughs> yeah. experimental, yeah. Eccentric experimental, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but, uh, yeah, this, uh, yeah, again, another, it seems like I don't know if that was just Sid's thing, just kind of reflecting back on his youth as a younger, and he was already young here. He was about twenty twenty one, but it seems like going back to almost yeah, like you're like seven eight years old and kind of yeah, like somebody who maybe I don't know if I I'm not sure if he was an only child or not. If this is just because uh, again, there's a lot of here of people making up their own worlds. they almost like as a child yeah, and kind of yeah now later you know he's in his early twenties now he's kind of reflecting back on that. Sure, what uh, you want I guess to be, you, so exactly
4: having your thoughts. Um, yeah. Um, this is one of those songs that <laughs> I'm just going to say it. It's unfortunate that I looked up the lyrics because I was kind of enjoying the song and then something caught me and I'm like, did they say that? And I'm like, okay, let me look up the lyrics. And I did. And I read through them like, uh, oh, boy, I, I don't know if I can take this seriously and maybe I'm not supposed to take it seriously. Right. You're I just, to be, I yeah. just kind of wrote down that it, it's just, it's tough to like a song that's got yippee in the lyrics several times and that's that's
2: a very British thing I mean I I, I, like I I would never
4: like one writing a song think you know hmm, let's see what should I start this line with oh I know yippee and uh, that's just me I don't know (laughs) no it's it's
2: fine again this is a very uh, a hard record to look at very kind of like all right I'm gonna look at because it's not I mean it's not there's a lot of yeah, very, very, a lot of innocence, a lot of having, I guess, if you want to say having fun, uh, uh a lot of kind of, I guess, just somebody who's kind of just, yeah, yeah. What's the word I'm looking for? Introspective uh, like,
1: and deconstructive. Oh, okay. maybe
2: a little, lo- a, a little bit too, but uh, but also, yeah, kind of like almost like you're kind of teasing the audience, maybe a little bit. Yeah, yeah. like I said, it's not. Yeah, this isn't like King Crimson or even more deeper Pink Floyd, or like the Final Cut yeah. <laughs> or anything like that. Yeah, which we'll get to. But so Alex,
3: yeah, this what is. What's your yeah. thoughts?
1: Yeah. This, uh, this, this, this work for you? Uh,
3: I I only put down two notes. Uh, I put some cool, catchy parts and good harmonies. I I liked the uh, harmonies that uh, you played there, Mark. That was probably my favorite part as well. Uh, I think it's pretty obvious I didn't look into the background of this album as much as you guys did. I think maybe I'm more in line with Kevin where I'm just kind of just listening to it more from like a Sonic, like just judging it on the Sonics alone. Um, And and I can, you know, like I said, I do have a little bit of, I guess, British experience with with music because I like a lot of my favorite bands and a lot of those 90s bands I liked or do like. Uh, have some of these ideas kind of going so it's like it's nice to kind of hear where this may have started but yeah there some some cool parts i it'd be interesting on how often i'll go back and re-listen to this album but like right now i i can find stuff that i can appreciate it and and dig it so yeah it's it's all right
4: <laughs> <laughs> all right well we're uh gonna be moving on here to uh uh, you might have to help me out with this one but uh just Power saying torch. it out uh yeah powr talk h we're gonna start it off.
1: carrying member of the MCA in Chicago as somebody who has been to MoMA several times. I approve. I like it. I think it's experimental. I think it's (laughs) something that is, is, is so interesting uh, to me to be able to blend that and take it to where Pink Floyd is going. I like it a lot. And I know that it might get some strong opinions. And I was the guy that whenever Eddie started doing this on Van Halen records, I was the first to tell him that to get this off of my Van Halen, get your experiments off of my records. I'd say to Pink Floyd, keep your experiments on my records. I like it a lot.
2: Yeah, this is one of those yeah where I'm going to have to break with uh, my buddy over here. Uh, I don't know. This f- sounds like, I mean, it's like the first uh, up until this point. I mean, it seems like they've got a real kind of grasped with the psychedelic kind of like okay they kind of know what they're doing here it, it feels like they're kind of forcing the weirdness onto their audience okay oh, okay let's just throw in some weird bird noises and some weird kind of screeching noises i uh, but but it, it doesn't feel genuine in my opinion it just feels like yeah that they're yeah uh, i don't know maybe this is the drugs talking here because this is definitely this is it's funny this song is one of those uh, as far as those early pink floyd kind of life yeah this is one of those songs that you all that you videos that you see a lot and again it's just you got flashing lights in there you've got the weird like imagery on the back wall you got the band playing almost in the darkness where you can't really see them you've got set up on stage looking very kind of like almost glazed eye i mean yeah i mean this is uh, this is yeah very dense psychedelia where it's all about the the experience not necessarily the the musical experience more of just kind of the yeah the like just being in a place at a specific time.
1: Okay, counter on and, and then I'll give it to Alex.
2: Yeah. Um yeah.
1: when Eddie Van Halen was first playing his guitar and people were just like, what are you doing? We talked about him turning his back. I brought that up earlier. Um, isn't that the kind of reaction that you might get with Sid live and you say, what is going on there? That is that is something that well, he's turning his back to do it, but I mean, that, that would be cool. It would add to the mystique. And yeah. They're experimenting everywhere else on this record. They're experimenting um, instrumentation-wise. They're experimenting in the studio, studio trickery with the equipment that's available at that time they're experimenting from a music theory perspective. Why would they not experiment with the voice as well? It fits. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. One thing I was kind of hearing kind of on this last listen, I don't know how familiar you you guys are with uh, the Friday, the 13th movie horror franchise, but exactly. (laughs) I heard a lot of that and yeah, I I think I would kind of agree where, I'm not so much like listening to the like, musicalness. ness it's, it's more that it's kind of portraying a mood and a vibe. And the way I kind of think of it, and, and I said my favorite part of the song was when the piano comes in, because to me, it's comforting. And, and I'm going to expand on that a little bit. Uh, it kind of sounds like you're walking into like a fancy kind of swanky like hotel lobby bar and somebody's just kind of playing piano and there's like some reverb and it sounds kind of roomy or you know i would hear it in the shining or something like that when he like he walks into the Mm -hmm. the ball with a he walks into the hotel ball, and then you could just hear that somebody kind of playing that in the background and you know chris you kind of mentioned maybe the drugs we're talking here and I, I've never taken psychedelic drugs before. Um, you know, I've been, I guess, in a different states of mind using like drinking and stuff like that. But uh, I'm usually kind of a paranoid person when it comes to that, so that's why I stay away away from it. Yeah. But the I, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna mention the paranoia here because I think maybe this is what they were going for i don't know but you listen to that beginning and it's kind of creepy and scary and eerie and i could just picture somebody on a drug trip listening to that and like freaking out cuz i feel like everything would just be kind of intensified and they'd be hearing these weird kind of bird and kind of scary noises and then all of a sudden there's this kind of calming comforting piano that kind of comes in and maybe it kind of settles everything and kind of brings you back a little bit and and kind of brings you out of that paranoia a little bit and that might be a sort of a weird take but that's kind of what i heard so maybe i don't know
4: i kind of got a different vibe with this one um i I felt like more of that spy song again in a weird way i feel like it's like a montage where our spy is doing stuff and you see him talking to different people and, and and researching and I don't know why that was. It's a workout it, it, montage. <laughs> in, in in a different way for a different Karate era, kid or something. It, it's like a, a a late '60s era montage as a, as, opposed as opposed to, to a, push it
1: to the limit. Yes,
4: exactly. <laughs> so that's just the kind of vibe that I got from that. Whether or not you know other people hear that, I, I, I don't know. But uh,
2: <laughs> I, I, I will agree with Alex. Yeah, the uh, the jazz piano is very kind of soothing for it. I mean, I did like that because yeah, I remember I was driving home from work and that came out and I was like, okay, WDCB. Yeah, can, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I, and I really like it's Alex's cute.
1: comment too, with um, you know, trying to paint the picture of what's in his head at that time without us having to ingest what he ingested to create right. that. And I think yeah. again, that's all great art at that time. If you think about right. Andy Warhol, and he found yeah. such great interest in people. That he would make a film, yeah. like an actual film on IMDb that's registered, you know, and it just—it's just, this—it's just thirty minutes of him eating a burger because he found people so fascinating, and it's just an attempt to say, I find this interesting. This is what I see, yeah. and take a look. You know, that's the. I think that's where Sid right. Barrett was going I, with this. Well,
2: I, I will say, I mean, this is the perfect backdrop, like almost like a soundtrack to like a mental trip or whatever, or whatever you want to call it. You just and again, that that was this was a song for i guess you could say for that specific live setting where you can just see okay you're there you're watching everything goes dark and then it's just they start with the noises and it's like okay all right. aside yeah it's it's almost uh oh let me it's almost like performance art maybe yeah where it's not necessarily conventional again because again this is a non-conventional record but uh, i guess yeah i guess it's performance art, i guess you could say it's it works um And again, it jumps around, even as far as performance, like very atonal performance art. It jumps around in here. You've got the rambling in the beginning. You've got the piano. And then you've got, and I had it marked down in here, the mental uh, meltdown around 155. Can you play that, Kevin? I just want to, it's not, yeah, it's not anything, but uh, uh, I could see, okay, it's like this is, I guess, as far as, again, it's yeah. You got the flashing lights. And I can imagine if you're having a bad trip during this part of this section, I'm sure that would be a total, literal nightmare. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? And I'm sure it probably happened, I'm sure, because they played a lot of these shows. But yeah, um, I, I guess his performance art. I guess I can maybe boost it a little bit as far as. But I just thought yeah, the beginning was a little too kind of like where they haven't gotten like the really kind of out there rock tendencies yet, where they're just kind of throwing darts at a board and trying to hit something. And it, I don't think it quite got there yet. Mm hmm all right anyway all right right, uh we're gonna move
4: on uh to the next song and that would be take up thy stethoscope and walk I'm going to bring up a little kind of interesting point that Mark opens the show and he opens up these discographies and he says that we are not of the time. And, and that's exactly true. And that's why uh, these experimental songs and and some of these different sections don't like speak to me in a way. And as I was listening to some of this, the last song and, and this song in particular, I'm just thinking in my mind man, if, if if I made this today, everybody would just laugh at me. But every review I read of it, modern, early review, it's just, it's like the greatest thing ever. It's a 10 out of 10 stars. You know, this is the coolest thing. And I couldn't, you know, I was actually looking up and I could not find a negative review on this album. And I'm thinking, man, but if I put this out, I would just be, everybody would be like, what are you doing? So I, I just like, I, I don't know why that is. Whether like we've just moved on and and there's been so much music since this time and it's just of the era or or not. But I I just kind of had to throw that out there at some point during this album.
1: Okay, you have to create that feeling of music, but you can't use guitar and organ. You have to use like dubstep sounds and then people will love it. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, there's the uh, I'm not joking like that's really the 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 way that I think you know the that this this song has one of my favorite transitions, and really it's one of those things that as Alex mentioned that you have to listen to it several times and then you start picking up on things that you might have missed or you if things start clicking or you might say, gee gee, I never thought about it that way or like I really appreciate and there's a section here where it's just been noodling on guitar and an organ uh, for like 30 solid seconds and it's one of those smooth transitions that i feel it's so cinematic it's just that you've got your camera tight in on that guitar and organ and then at the transition it just backs out and backs out and you realize that you're on a jib and it's just a full on shot of just a, a, a live performance or a you know an lsd party or whatever let me play that here at 209. I love that part so much that the guitar and the organ switch sides, on in stereo. And it just, it feels so much, especially as the activity level, it's so orchestrated. I just feel like it's just such a tight performance. And then it's just like a whole rave, like a psychedelic rave party, um, you know, coming it's almost like the Van Halen beach party we talked about, but right there at, at like 2:20, it's just so pretty. I love it.
2: Yeah, it's very c- conventional too. I mean, when they want, it's kind of funny how they throw some of those kind of, which I guess you could say is more conventional pop songwriting in very unconventional songs where it's like, oh, that's kind of neat, where it's okay, you've got them. And I, uh, as simple as Roger's bass is in this song, I, that's actually a, a, a had point I hit in this. I love his simple kind of driving bass, which a doom, 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 doom. It just, and you can hear it, you can feel it. And yeah, I really, yeah, kind of appreciated that kind of simplicity. Uh, yeah, here is another, uh, 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 a lot going on here. Uh, kind of getting early cream vibes. Yeah, kind of off the first cream record here. Yeah, there's a lot of those kind of as far as with the vocals. Uh, kind of remind me of like what Eric Clapton, and Jack Bruce were kind of there. The way that they shared vocals early on. Uh, I also, yeah, the, that guitar the, that you were pointing out, Mark. Yeah, kind of very kind of chaotic. Kind of really like almost like you're grinding into it. Uh, also, kind of gave me like uh, with the the birds. I know a lot of you guys are probably lost, uh, but uh, anybody who's who, who's listened to 60s music like on uh like eight miles high by the birds yeah you've got that uh i don't think it, it wasn't a 12 string here but the way that he plays uh the uh the chords on here is very kind of reminiscent of how uh, roger mcguinn played his 12 string on on that song we're just like it's almost has a weird kind of uh technical uh kind of can you guys hear me God, I cannot stand this. Can you guys hear me at all? Nothing? God. Are you are your <gasps> extender plugged in? Yeah, everything's plugged in. I mean, nothing's changed. Unless if I don't know. If, well, if the fire. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's, it's, almo- it's almost a joke. I mean, really. <laughs> okay, okay, can you guys hear me now? Yeah. Okay. I'm about to... Yeah. Call it a day. Uh, what was my point? Uh, but anyway, yeah, a lot of, yeah, as far as a lot of the playing on here, okay, it reminded me a lot of some of the other bands that were out at the time. Again, like Cream and, uh, and the Birds. as far as, uh, the, the vocals and, uh, and the guitar playing are very kind of percussive. Sure. Uh, and I really appreciated that. Um, yeah, this is a, I do have one kind of criticism. This kind of goes back, um, uh. And I know are the last two bands that we covered. kind of did this where you have like what I call those, uh, like okay, pulling open the dictionary songs and looking for, yeah, uh, where it's again it maybe it fits in with the psychedelic kind of feel where you got, yeah, aching head, gold is lead, choke on bread, underfed <laughs> is lead, <laughs> invisible kid, living off the grid. <laughs> yeah, <I> know, yeah, <laughs> Who, yeah, stuff dumb, like that. But... Stuff like that drives me nuts with a song that has really kind of cool instrumentation here. Yeah, the lyrics just, but I think they're very. I guess they're very much in with the times i mean as far as just like kind of obscure like okay we're gonna throw okay what are we talking about hey can't blame it's sid like barrett a, for this one this is
1: not a sid barrett song <laughs> right yeah, yeah right. anyway yeah all right we're
4: gonna get to uh one of the i think one of the most known tracks on this album perhaps um which would be interstellar and-
2: psychedelia right there yeah just complete yeah audible nonsense maybe in a good way again this is again a song for a specific moment (laughs) um i'm kind of surprised kevin that you played that and not i think the part that everybody remembers from the song the intro can you please play that i didn't know there
4: was a part that everybody remembers from the song
0: yeah
2: it's the main it's 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 the main guitar i I just
4: like the bass that never ended dun dun Dundee. oh i know Dundee. yeah Dundee. it's it i mean this is a ten. this is a ten. Dundee. if you want to talk about it I
2: mean, <laughs> yeah here we go That's and that's the one frustrating thing with this song cuz that's such a great rock riff. Um if I remember I think Voivod I think in the 80s, I know, kind of like 80s thrash metal. Uh I know I think they covered this song. But man, I wish they would have taken that riff and made like a shorter more conventional. Man, that would have been I mean cuz you could have I mean, this could have been proto yeah, like 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 another kind of proto like really heavy rock. Um even before Cream. I mean, yeah, I think cuz you can feel that. You can it just Yeah, it's Again, very tonal, but very unique and very hard hitting. And then, unfortunately, in a ten-minute song, it kind of veers off into the typical kind of. And again, maybe this is more in line where it's like I don't want to hear any more of the psychedelia. I just want like, man, I feel like that riff is being wasted here. It mm-hmm. loses yeah, with a bunch the thread of... for sure. It does. <laughs> yeah. It does because again, that's that's such a great like. Oh man, that's a so gr- that's. I mean, I, I think they played it, Market, when we uh, when we saw them uh, when we yeah. saw David Gilmore live. Mm-hmm. I know I know they play that song quite a bit just for the uh, the Sid Barrett Estate uh but it's just such a wasted nice. opportunity what a nice
3: yeah
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah
3: I, I was gonna say the same thing i mean for maybe the most popular well-known song on the album i listen to it and i'm like I, I don't get why this is the best like the most known song on the album i mean yeah it's a cool riff and i dig the tones but it, it just—it's too long for me. Like it was like eight minutes long, and I, yeah, I, I know that's a, that's a problem. Yeah, man. like this yeah, the short version too. Yeah, don't get me wrong. Yeah. It, it, it is <laughs> like I I kind of like dig the riff and like I could kind of see it. You know, not so much like a spy, but like maybe like in an Italian job or something where they're like racing car, yeah. <laughs> racing cars through Europe or something. Like I right. I feel like I could kind of hear that. But my, my I have a couple notes here. I said. uh was bullet points i said good tones kind of a cool riff i dig some of the messiness of it in a way uh and honestly one part that i kind of liked and it sounds funny but if you queue up at at 222 kev there's um if he's still with us here if he hasn't fallen asleep there's just (laughs) sort of like a bleeping (laughs) guitar note and i kind of picture like a satellite yeah I'll stop it there, because yeah. I know it'll go on forever. Yeah, it'll go on seconds. forever, and I don't know what it was, but it's such like a weird, kind of like, that's like a weird sounding note to just kind of pop up in there, but it just kind of, something about it I kind of liked for some weird reason, and I kind of pictured like, you're in space after the aftermath, and like, you're kind of just floating in space, floating and there's, like saves, a, there's yeah. kind of like that's a good. beeping satellite, just kind of yeah. floating away, but I mean, that's kind of all I had to say. I just otherwise it just got a little too long. I remember listening to it, and I'm like, "All right, the song's still going." <laughs> Which yeah. You yeah. Know, I, 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 again, I think. Yeah, I, I don't
2: mean to cut you off, Mark, but yeah, I uh, I think again, this is a song for the live experience. In 1967, okay. it's, it's 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 a performance art journey. They had it's, to put yeah, this on here there.
1: because that's what they were as a live performance band.
2: It is so they had yeah. to include
1: some of that, even if that was the direction that was really kind of a a dead end for them um i suppose or they certainly would have to become the band that they became had they continued writing this kind of crap um like yeah. so, <laughs> they wasn't going to sell 25 million albums or however many uh albums right. like on average that they all ended up selling um but what i do appreciate about this is like the pink floyd instrumentals really are not like those those vehicles for showing off um just no. you know like it's it's not just like progressive wank that you might get from a dream theater or, or or like, like like they're all planned and they're all, you know, like, they're all integral to the performance. They're all, you know, orchestrated together. And I appreciate that as a, you know, as an instant like I'm more likely to listen to this as weird as it sounds that I will listen to some kind of, you know, prog metal instrumental that is just like how fast can the keyboardist and guitarist like synchronize their 64th notes like that's just to me (laughs) not appealing compared to something like this at least i can i can get the feeling of this i can connect with it better
2: Right. I guess you could say that a lot of this is almost written unconsciously too. I mean, again, just looking at the states yeah, of the musicians, like where it's like a stream
1: I mean, of consciousness. It's like a, a right. Again, yeah, where, it's like,
2: called. yeah, going yeah, going back to what you said about uh, as far as with prog metal, where it's all very meticulously kind of played. Where this isn't necessarily this is almost it's almost like free form. Mm-hmm. Yeah, free form music. Yeah, yeah where like you Son don't Ra, like what yeah, they were to by. Right. So. Do you, yeah, you just kind of you, you press play and you just throw the. The Super Bowl or whatever, and then just see where it goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a lot of
4: times that that can kind of work. And I don't know, maybe that would have been better for for me if it had been like four yeah. or five minutes in this case, right? Because like yeah, there, the, the song a, yeah. does feel like it starts off strong, and then you're like, it does.
2: Like you're like, oh, oh man, like look at that. Okay, where is this? Like imagine if they were to throw on some like conventional like lyrics too. Like, oh, like oh, what kind of cool so, like a story could you have written around that? I, I, yeah, because again, I believe the
1: original yeah, it, of this was seventeen yeah. minutes
0: oh <laughs> so, <laughs> so another eight, another eight or nine minutes subjected yeah subjected to that
1: um, you know it's, it's, we got
3: the radio yeah, edit
0: <laughs> right, oh God, yeah that's <laughs> funny
2: yeah. yeah it's funny you could see them like at the at the uh, at the uh, at the uh at the like the record company meeting and like just putting their fist down like no <laughs> yeah. this is what it is take it or leave it yeah. like oh uh, yeah you got yeah, a part that, um, the part that goes boop boop
0: it's like you're you're, you're
2: gonna keep it it's like you really is that important yeah it's all important yeah Yeah, from the screeches to the to the yeah to the yeah just uh you know it's funny yeah one more point i wanted to throw out there um any of you that have listened to um pretty much any of the tool records yeah sometimes they'll throw in these weird like in the middle of a record like these weird instrumental parts they're very atonal very kind of dense very kind of nonsensical and that's what I kind of got from the from the majority of this song. I'm like, I wonder if like a Maynard or uh, uh, or Adam Jones, if they were listening to this record like early in their development, because because uh, yeah, there's a lot of that that comes right out of this song. <laughs> yeah, if they did, yeah, big okay.
1: props to Pink Floyd for creating something <laughs> yeah. that influenced bands 30, 40 years down the line. Sure. Right. All right. Well, anyway, all right,
4: we're gonna move on uh, to a couple of the songs at the end here, which are mostly shorter. Um, this one's called "The Gnome."
0: I want to tell you a story about a little man, if I can. A gnome named Grimble Crumble, and little gnomes stay in their homes, eating, sleeping, drinking their wine. Wore a scarlet tunic, a blue-green hood. It looked quite good. He had a big adventure amidst the grass. Fresh air at last. Are, are we going to be getting your
4: leprechaun reference back here?
1: <laughs> okay, okay. Is... I can, it's not their fault. It's not Sid's fault. But I cannot hear Who this song it? without it being ruined by this... Wonderful gem that I've discovered, and one of my favorite things I've ever discovered on the internet. Whoa,
0: Bilbo Baggins, the bravest
1: oh. the- <laughs> Leonard Nimoy, ladies and gentlemen, uh, spot from about Star his album. Trek. Billboard, <laughs> a psychedelic bill, a ballad of Bilbo Baggins, or whatever you want to call it. I guess he needed some more money or something, and it just—I cannot listen to songs about gnomes.
2: Like, it, like, it's it's ah. funny that, and the the thing that you got to give it props i mean look at all the smiles yeah that were that are yeah, that are happening right now okay. just because i mean this is this is and i know it's it, it, and i want to emphasize i mean this i don't think i've ever heard a more british sounding song i mean this is i immediately thought monty python like this sounds like something that the python guys would have
1: yeah but they're or a, even, they're not even going back what it, yeah, but, but oh, why? why why and like to get your money Python uh, it, off my Pink Floyd. Like what is this? Like it's the kind of this thing. Is, that you'd, be and, and, and is, there, you'd be sitting
2: there in bed trying to go to sleep and this would pop in your yeah. head. Like it'd be right. quite well, like a like 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 globe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, keep my songs about gnomes off my vinyl. Yeah, yeah, that what, keep we're that. Gonna, now, what was that? What yeah. was uh, never, James? Never Keper thought I'd have to say up, that. In,
1: uh, Metallica.
4: Like
2: whatever that is, keep it off Pink Floyd.
4: The herdy gurdy
2: Right, yeah. But yeah, as far as soon as I heard the name, yeah, Grimble Grumble. I mean, that is British in its densest. Uh, most fundamental form i mean you can't i mean no american or anybody else on this planet could have come up with a name unless you lived in the english countryside in the 60s these
0: Yeah, comments, that,
1: these comments on this bilbo baggins video or, oh, i'm been sure smoking great smoking dilithium crystals again the <laughs> 60s, a time where you could pick up chicks by singing about hobbits. Like, why wasn't this in Lord of the Rings? <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, that applies to Pink Floyd. You could like, sit there and pick up chicks singing about gnomes. <laughs>
0: Oh god! I know. This is the I, first I, I,
2: thing we show to aliens. <laughs>
3: oh,
2: I know. Yeah. I, got, I, I know. There's a little bit. Of, there's a little bit of xylophone in here too. Is, uh, uh, is there? Hurdy Gurdy. I, know, I, I they... hope
3: there's Hurdy Gurdy. <laughs> yeah. Made threw the kitchen sink.
2: Um, and I love the. Uh, I love how he came up with a word. Yeah, another for Hurray, umre. Yeah, I had to go back and look. I had to look that up. I'm like, what is he? I and even the way he says it, it. And even the way he says it is really. Uh, uh, yeah, Kevin, if you could play at 148,
3: I just have oh, to. I already queued up the next yeah no, we're we, no, good. Go back. No, we're gonna talk about this. <laughs> Chris has got a heart on for the gnome song. <laughs> yeah, I do. Yeah, no,
0: I know. No, oh, <laughs> <show. Ooh. Ooh. laughs> <laughs>
2: It sounds like he's going like. Mwah. <laughs> 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 I, I gotta, like I said, I couldn't. Like I want. I want. I just want to trash this more than. But it's just like this is just so much. fun. Yeah, uh, honestly, I mean, you can see. honestly, oh, oh, there's oh.
3: something about this song that I kind of like. Like out of the last mm-hmm. couple songs where it was getting into the psychedelic territory, I'm like, all right, like take it easy, all right, guys. <laughs> but this one I kind of liked. Like it sounds like it's, it's it sounds fun. like it's, something in Willy Wonka.
2: Like, yeah, it's like I, a gnome's going on adventure, yeah, he's drinking wine like I, with his buddies, that, what, so like, that, okay, now
3: this,
1: that,
0: this is that's just what perfect. That's what I said
3: at the beginning of the episode, like, I actually like more of the, like, I don't know if you would call this a pop song, but less of the psychedelic right, kind right. of crazy riffage, and right, the so, actual so, song structure with vocals and stuff, and I even hear kind of, like, I don't know if this is, like, their one goofy song on the record, I, I wouldn't even know to say that because I feel like there's a lot of weird stuff going on. I don't know if I could say yeah. like, oh yeah, this is the one song. Like this is like the uh you know, the loss of control or something if you if you listen to our Van Halen podcast. <laughs> there's like that one kind of outlier like oh the or like an inside. Like oh the band's yeah. just having fun. And I, I feel like I act I hear some nineties brit pop in this a little bit, like maybe yeah, like on the blur yeah, I to and say, stuff. You, like and, and Oasis they did that too where you, if you listen to the first couple of Oasis records, I mean they never get as goofy as this, but I feel like there's always like at least one song on their album where it's a little a little bit more fun yeah. and kinda of tongue in cheek with the rest of the you're to trying to the con- the you're trying Bill. to
4: convince us. You're trying to convince yeah, know, us here, uh, Alex. Yeah, and uh, no, I'm just gonna, no, 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 I'm no. Just gonna say, no, 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 no. I'm just gonna goodness say,
3: you supporting
1: this album? I've been caught quiet no, on this. I, I, end. Just, I don't know <laughs> if I'm <laughs> supporting. <laughs> comes up, I, and he's I don't know, <laughs> you know.
3: I don't know if I'm supporting this <laughs> album. I just like it is it, as, as much as we joke about this song, I I didn't mind it.
4: Do you remember? Yeah, do is- you remember in the Metallica discography when we talked about like Rumsfeld and the and the the walking down the driveway song? <laughs> well, this is going to be yours this next it, week. It, it might be. <laughs> just, just just open up the door, put what on the shades, she- grimble grumble. My,
3: my, li- <laughs> my, my little buckle shoes and my white knee highs. Your
2: and your hat and your funny pointy hat. Yeah. yeah, there we go. All right. Uh, yeah, this is. Oh uh, okay. Forgot I what think I was we got to okay. Chapter
4: twenty-four please.
0: Action brings good fortune, sunset.
3: This one is interesting for me because when I first listened to this album, I think I started kind of my journey listening to this album, like last Monday. And for the majority of the album on my first initial listen, I'm like, nothing is hitting for me. Like I can't find really anything I like. And then this same song came out and I'm like, all right, I like what's going on here. Like There's catchiness. I love the harmonies. I, I mean, I don't know what your guys' thoughts are, and, and I was also interested to know because I don't think this is one of the bigger songs on the album. Like, if you're looking at Interstellar or Astronomy, I assume those are maybe some of the bigger songs on this album. I don't think there was really any singles from it, but this is my favorite song on the album. Yeah, yeah
2: it's it's, so, it's weird. Yeah, this is. Again, I, think a lot of these, I, mean, I mean, this is almost. Uh, these are intellectuals, I mean, regardless of what they're on at this point as far as substances, but uh, I guess uh, Sid took the uh, the lyrics from some like weird ancient Chinese manuscript about um, yeah, the f- six or seven stages of, I don't know if it was physical movement or whatever, because you can see what he's talking about. All movements are accomplished in six stages, and the seventh brings a ret- return. I guess he took that from something from a few thousand years ago. But I like again, like you said, Alex, yeah, the me- the the me- melodic choices are very interesting. It's very kind of somber, very beautiful. Uh yeah. T- yeah, very yeah, thank you. Yeah. A very beautiful kind of um yeah, with the yeah, with the keyboards, which again have a very Beatles vibe, almost like a Lucy in the sky with diamonds kinda um yeah, chord uh structure. Uh and I like the I know if you guys probably noticed that uh, uh Roger's bass fills in her are kind of really neat too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh uh, it's funny, I never, especially with uh, Roger, I never really noticed, uh, especially on the later Floyd records, but here, I don't know, you kind of throws out these little kind of catchy moments, which I kind of appreciated. Uh, he almost regressed as uh,
1: a bass player, to be honest. There's, there's so, this yeah, I was
2: surprised. Yeah, because it's funny, I'm like, wait, oh, like, oh, I actually am listening to what he's doing. I mean, I mm-hmm. know it's a very brief moment, but it's very, yeah, it's very kind of, it helps kind of link things together. Um, I think that was yeah and it's funny at the last um, 40 seconds kind of again more Beatles references but kind of going to when uh, George Harrison was kind of experimenting with Eastern music um, yeah, uh, yeah Kevin can you play um, I don't know what the last 40 seconds of the song uh, kind of has like that uh, uh, like that almost like Indian uh, kind of exotic chord Yeah, very much kind of like a spiritual journey kind of feel to it. Mm-hmm. But uh,
1: yeah, <laughs> this song is is like I said, it's it's beautiful, and you know I I hear yes in it. I would love to hear John Anderson yeah, yeah, yeah. sing over this. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I I'm a bit tired of Sid drilling his vocals. He's done that a couple times on this side of the record. I don't know why he does it here um, so frequently. Uh, I also hear a lot of this right here, and it just it's so so serene and pretty. And I just almost hear that it I don't know if it was a direct influence or not. They were influenced by many other things. But let me try to cue this up for you guys. Inside. like
0: the exact
1: type of thing that queen would go on to do just to break off these parts of of you know operatic or, you know, heavily layered melodic vocals, and then jump into something that's just straight up rock. And Pink Floyd didn't do that often at this point. Um, but it, like, it just really feel like that was maybe some kind of influence for them that, Hey, you can blend layers and layers and layers of vocals, and then still kind of be in that rock context and do it with rock instrumentation. So a really cool, really influential song. Just, just, it's like layers of warm blankets in this song. Like it's just, it's just, it's <laughs> yeah. a lot here. Sure.
2: Yeah, it was one. Yeah yeah when i first listened to it i kind of like oh this is kind of like a weird kind of like chanting almost like a uh kind of weird religious kind of vibey kind of cool ch- choral but i'm like no it's actually yeah it's got that warm blanket feel to it mm-hmm. yeah and yeah it's
4: yeah. all right well we're going to move on um and we're going to go to another one of our characters here and that would be uh, the
0: Scarecrow. The black and green scarecrow as everyone knows Stood with a bird on his hat and straw everywhere he didn't care He stood in a field whereby head did no thinking his arms didn't move except when the wind cut up roth and mice ran around on the ground he stood in a field where barley grounds
2: oh yes that is me um yeah it's funny a lot of these songs i mean i really had to do a little bit more research i mean just taking it at face value it's kind of hard to kind of like all right it's just a quirky song about a scarecrow with kind of again with the typical kind of first album floyd uh vibe going on but yeah from what I read apparently yeah there was uh and even I think discussion amongst his band uh that this had to do with the scare him being the scarecrow um kind of not happy as far as where uh, as far as where he is at his life but he's kind of like well okay I'm just gonna I guess this is just what my fate is yet yeah, to be in that where he was at that time just kind of this quirky kind of musician uh, uh, kind of spearheading this scene uh uh it, it's funny mark you were talking about as far as yeah that the hurdy gurdy vibes and you can kind of hear it a little bit on here yeah, that, uh right. at 1 at 136 kevin yeah <laughs> i know it's not a hurdy gurdy but it's uh but it's got that uh, uh it's got that weird kind of again i was listening to that to this part i'm thinking yeah, yeah. And it kind of reminded me like of that low man lyrics uh, like that kind of. Yeah, like it's just in the background, but you can hear it and it's kind of driving the song.
0: Yeah, well, it's,
2: uh, it's a cello and I love the organic yeah. feel of a stringed
1: instrument at this point. Right.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. this is definitely also as far as I mean, between the gnome and this song, this is definitely the more serious, kind of more conventional song. And I like that part, too, at the end with the gurdy. where you got kind of the acoustic guitar, you've got the um, yeah, you've got the keyboard or that uh, synth or whatever you want to call it. And it kind of drives, it's a very kind of, again, another, I guess another, my third or fourth warm blanket at this point. Yeah, I really like that.
1: The, the one thing I'll, I'll criticize this album for, I think it's my primary criticism for it, uh, besides that stupid uh, Austin Powers song, uh, is that I just don't understand the album order. I, I really don't. Like, why is the back half of Side 2 loaded with quirky um, you know, warm blankets and, and more experimental songs. I, I I don't I don't I don't know, I don't know how to interpret this album really. Um, is it an opener? Where should this be? I, I don't really get uh, the album order of this, and um, it's just maybe it's just something you just have to take again at that face value. Just like it is what it is, and if you don't like it, then you know I don't know reorder it yourself. It's twenty twenty. You can do that. Um, but yeah. it just isn't. Uh, uh it's a store, such a strange spot to just load up the back end like this.
0: Hmm.
4: oh yeah I, I kind of understand where you're coming from because you wouldn't necessarily like you'd put somebody off by opening up with the gnome but yeah. where do you move some of these other songs it's tough it really is so alright well we're going to let's close out this album then um, and that would be with Fight.
2: here again we've got Sid uh kind of again writing from the perspective of a younger person i mean he almost it's like it's funny i just the way that especially that uh, that first uh uh couple verses kind of sounds like something like as far as how my, what my youngest niece how she would talk yeah you know, like a little kid like a 5 or 6 year old like i've got a bike you can ride it if you like it's got a basket a bell that rings and that, uh, things to make it look good it's kind of like okay that sounds like something a little kid uh and it was funny in that documentary i was watching uh, uh Roger Waters was talking about this song that yeah, again, you've got this very little literal kind of you yeah, very adolescent description. Uh but then it then he talks about it, but it ends with a very British kinda uh accent where it's like, well, I've got all these things, but actually the, it's not mine, it's it, I borrowed it. <laughs> uh so again there's a little kind of like a sense of humor that he kinda of throws in there that maybe maybe most people outside of that area might not might not have caught it. Sure. But uh Kevin, can you can uh, you cue up
1: the end of this song? Uh maybe the last the Forty seconds. Start from there. Are you talking oh, I about the
4: uh, musique concrète? <laughs>
2: <laughs> the ghost
1: Ah, uh, back it up. Back it up in like twenty seconds. Okay, you can stop it there. Um, yeah. I want to play what was going on over in Studio A.
2: You know what that sounds like? The THX Bigger song. budget. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's what that is. Yeah, that's actually the
1: inspiration to uh, the THX sound. If you're not uh, familiar with that, that is uh, the end yes. of a day of a, in the life. Um, probably one of the most famous music uh, bits of recorded music um, ever. And I, you know, can't help that there was some kind of cross pollination going on over there in Abbey Road um, to to end their albums both in a similar way. Kevin, do you consider this a strong closer?
2: Ha i don't know <laughs> uh, what is a closer uh, anyway i'm
4: not i'm not even yeah right i'm not even gonna tell you what i wrote down for my notes <laughs> it, um, it sucks <laughs> no I, I no i i wrote that for the gnome uh
0: actually <laughs> sucks. Actually,
4: actually for the gnome yeah it, it, it was that and the toilet i i said no, um this one on yeah, this one I said I have a bike and it crashed and it's not the one that fits in my world. Making jokes to myself while I uh, <laughs> Okay. <laughs> not try to lighten the that.
2: experience. Yeah, <laughs> yes, this is this so. is weird. I again it's very weird but again watching kind of Roger Waters talking about it, it's kind of you have to kind of get in the yeah, the head space I guess of of Syd Barrett. And again, that's hard. It's hard looking at it from our perspective cuz this is really probably even art I mean, it's not not even in our in our stadium. I mean, it's out of the ballpark. Yeah, and so you have to kind of look at it, yeah, yeah, from yeah. a much different perspective. And, and
3: I feel like I can find some things, like I said, that I, I can find yeah. some things that I appreciate with this. And and I'm not a huge psychedelic guy, but obviously, you know, there's a lot of influential things going on here that you hear not just in like current bands and bands that came after this, but even like in movies and things where you know. I like a clockwork orange. Like, I feel like I can almost hear some of this stuff like going mm-hmm. on in that movie. And I recently watched most of, I didn't get through all of it. I need to, but, uh, Joe Dorowski's the Holy mountain, which I don't know if you guys have ever seen, but that is a weird ass movie. And it's, uh, it's very psychedelic and influential for its time. And I've read that he, he, kind of made that movie to sort of simulate you being on a lsd trip without even having to take the drug and <laughs> i feel like i could hear that and i could hear a lot of those especially whatever you call that the music concrete or music yeah i could hear some of those sounds in that movie It almost it sounds like birds or something going on at the end there so I I mean, yeah, influential, I guess. Uh, I mean, maybe not, because I guess, like you said, in Studio A, there was similar things going on. So who was there first? I don't know. But uh, yeah, as for a closer. Oh, I don't know. That's the thing. Like, I couldn't even argue and say, like, oh, this album would have been better if it was structured differently, because like, (laughs) there's no way I could even argue that it's all just kind of discombobulated. But, mm-hmm.
1: yeah. you know, and that that uh, that Studio A versus Studio B, I mean, to even be on the same playing field as the Beatles. I mean, this is like peak Beatles too. free on your first album. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's like, does it get any better? You know, like that's just
2: incredible. Yeah, I agree. Wow. Um, so, yeah, it's It's very hard. Coming from what we're where we're coming from, where are like the last two artists who are very conventional kind of pop rock guys. I mean, it's yeah, it's hard but again, that's what we're doing here. We're we're this is here to kind of challenge our own kind of sensibilities. Right. And if you and want the straight straight you, know, you
1: want the straight up music? It's coming. Like it's it might be seven episodes down the line, but like Pink Floyd was a very straight forward band when they were uh, locked in. So. All right. Uh, that closes the track by track. Let's do seven for the buy. Chris, you take it away. Uh, you can pick one of the first four albums for those of you who have not heard this before. Uh, those we, uh, if Chris throws have some questions and each of us have, uh, some opportunity to be the first one to get the first, uh, the first one of three, correct, gets an extra buy or terminate on the love it or flush it. So here we go. Let's see who has the sharpest pink Floyd knowledge between Kevin, Alex and, I take it away Chris.
2: All right, uh question 1. It's uh multiple choice. Um producer Norman Smith had made a name for himself mixing for what other influential rock band of the era? Uh was it A Jefferson Airplane, B The Birds, C The Beatles or D The Rolling Stones? That was I think that was Mark, right?
1: Yeah, uh, he was he was the sound engineer for the Beatles.
2: You are correct. Yeah, I thought that was kind of interesting, yeah. Um uh, yeah, I guess uh yeah, he mixed up until, I think it was Rubber Soul, and then he wanted to go solo, I guess, which I thought was interesting. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, by, I guess yeah, Pink Floyd was the very first band that he picked up. Yeah. All right, so that's one for Mark. Okay. All right, question number two. Uh, it's a true or false. Uh, despite Sid's reputation for being difficult around this time due to his drug intake, Norman Smith admitted he enjoyed working with Sid at this specific moment in time. Uh, who he said uh, came into his own in the studio.
4: Mm. Hmm. I don't know. Is that I, Kevin? I, yeah, I don't know, but I'm just going to say true.
2: Uh, you are wrong, oh, unfortunately. Okay. It was false. Okay. Sid was not comfortable with the recording process, with Smith inferring uh, his uh, Sid's comfort zone was just writing songs and performing them in the underground club uh, club environment. Huh. Uh, he also admitted, because of this disinterest in the recording structure, it was difficult to record Sid because of his habit uh, to never sing or perform the same part the same twice. Huh. I thought that was interesting. All right, so yes, between
4: Mark and Alex now. Yeah.
2: All right, let me cross. Yeah, it's... yeah I can't remember when did you win one last. <laughs> me? You gotta oh, start. I, I don't care. Yeah, I guess I guess I guess I guess Mr. <laughs> Kevin must have a. I guess Mr. Kevin must have a life. Yeah, and just has uh, no time for. No time it's for okay, though. Team. All right. All right. Um, okay. Um, all right. True or false? Uh, the cat referred to in Lucifer, Sam, was actually just a reference to Sid Barrett's uh, Siamese cat. Uh.
1: <laughs> I don't know. It Somebody it, just it, punch it can't in. explain it, though, or yeah, something?
3: I, I, I'm just going to punch in. I, I, I hope I don't win by default, but that could happen. So I'm just going to go ahead. Oh, great. My horn doesn't work. Wonderful. I'm just going to say true.
2: Uh, you are correct. I'm gonna, yeah. I'm
3: going to win um, by default. Uh, Jesus. Yeah. A lot of people
2: thought that it, thought that it had to do with like uh, he was referring to like uh, a yeah, psychedelic either cat. Or, whatever, yeah. or even like uh, himself, that he's like a Jesus. we refer to, like a musician as a cat, like oh, that cat over there. Yeah,
3: maybe another, maybe mate. another, yeah, yeah. maybe another terminate's coming. Who's to say? Yeah, but apparently, <laughs> yeah, he
2: just had a Siamese. Yeah, he was just referring to a Siamese. Yeah, so I thought that was interesting. All right, all right, right so we got sit. a tie right now. Okay, all right. Um, all right, Roger Waters' sole songwriting contribution on the album was for what song? Uh, was it a uh, take up thy stethoscope, uh, B, Matilda Mother? C, uh, chapter twenty-four, or D, Astronomy dominate. Yes, Mark.
1: Just take up that stethoscope.
2: Yeah, you are correct. Ding, All ding, right. ding. Got two. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, ding. One oh on yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, I'm getting sloppy here. Yeah.
3: <laughs> if Mark wants to win All this right. one, that's totally fine. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Lack of enthusiasm for this album really disheartening for somebody who's given it a nine out of
2: ten okay um all right um let's see uh all right uh true or false um in the beginning of the song astromony domine uh it is pink floyd's manager peter jennings citing the names of the stars through a megaphone
3: i'm not even gonna punch him because i don't Ah! even remember that part
2: all right mark (laughs) Uh, I I don't
1: know the answer to this and I don't feel like I wanna risk.
3: Uh, <laughs> he's gonna bomb out. <laughs>
1: he's, okay, gonna like he's gonna make but me I, win. Just, I smell a Chris trick
2: here and I'm gonna go with false. Uh you are incorrect. <laughs> oh <laughs> boom! Damn no it's... ding ding ding. <laughs> no ding 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 for me. Right, Alex, come on! No, all right, no, he's got it. He's got to get. He's got to get uh, the next one right. I mean, Wait, he does. Are, he's
4: yeah, gotten one that's, right that's already.
2: Yeah, do you, I think we made that rule. If everybody, there is a chance where everybody could bomb out. No, I but, think that's if but, nobody uh, gets
1: any right.
4: But he's gotten yeah. one right. Okay, so Chris, good.
1: you throw it out and see if Alex can get one that's not a true or false guess.
2: <laughs> okay, let's see. Um, oh boy. Okay, should I uh, okay, I've got three here, I'm trying to decide. Yeah, I don't wanna make it too stressful for him.
0: <laughs> I don't think he's uh, worried. <laughs> I I'm I'm Alright, I'm, all right, all right, I'm gonna give him
2: all right, I'm gonna give him a true or false. The other two are kind of too involved, but uh okay. Despite okay, true or false. Uh, despite its radical nature as far as psychedelic albums go, it cracked the Billboard top ten in both the UK and the US. Uh True. No, it's not.
3: <laughs> Good.
0: I did um, it on
3: purpose.
2: <laughs> yeah. It. Uh, no. Again. uh No. Ding. 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 Okay. I, I need to come up with something to, for a for a and fail. Now, um,
0: love it or flush it. Okay. All right. Moving on over to the
1: love
3: it or flush it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so nobody. Alex, uh, do you forfeit
0: do Wow. You that
2: your, was rough. Your, uh, you well, did get. That was right. rough
3: oh yeah. my god he just interrupts we're we gonna give, give him a sympathy
2: the uh yeah uh, oh. <laughs> i want to give mark the sympathy yeah, he was really confident there and he just yeah, uh mark go ahead, just, I
3: thought you, go I thought ahead.
1: He's, oh i thought he's trying to pull the rug out from under me but uh, i guess we can all pass on this one um and the, chris you want to take this as your first four between the piper at the gates of Dawn, ancestral secrets more or i'm a gumma do you want to keep you uh, you want to get your double one on this one or save it
2: um what was what was their fourth
1: album o- what Oom- was
3: Guma. it Uh Uh, Ooma, i
2: think yeah i think maybe i'll do it for this one okay. yeah because uh, i'm not as familiar with the other <laughs> yeah, go- exactly. yeah. Goonga, galunga. yeah 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 right. I, I i i kind of Oom- pink like kind of starts Oompa. with metal for me so yeah yeah
3: all right all right tonight's order for love it or flush it is kevin myself chris and mark uh starting off with probably the uh biggest supporter of the record, Kevin, what are we giving astronomy Domine?
4: <laughs> i uh I'm actually gonna keep this one around yeah. a mild squeeze is what i'm gonna keep i i actually don't I don't mind this song so
2: much
3: yeah I, I'm gonna do the same chris uh yeah i'm gonna
2: keep it around too i'm uh, gonna give it the love uh like some of the kind of snick guitar parts and the uh, ooh part it was something i always remembered so even coming into this one i uh yeah i that always stuck with me so yeah i'll give it a love
0: okay
3: and mark
2: big love love that opening it's so iconic and
1: you just know what's coming
3: nice okay uh moving on over to lucifer sam uh the espionage song austin powers kevin what do you think
4: Get your C level Bond theme off my record. Oh.
3: <laughs> Alrighty. Uh I, I had a little bit more notes on this one than the other ones. And I kind of like that part, so I'll give it a light squeeze. Chris?
2: Yeah, yeah, I'll uh I'll give it a i think i'll be a little bit more i think i'll give it a love yeah i like that i know that i know that intro is very much a 60s riff it's almost like a tv show or movie riff but uh i liked it for whatever reason uh, and i like uh and i like the siamese cat you know, we'll give we'll throw some love to him so yeah all right mark sucks <laughs> <laughs> T-
0: <laughs> no no no
1: no no this one gets away no, you want it you want to get the oh, button, okay, okay. This adds nothing to the discography. Nothing. Okay. Oh wow.
3: All right, That's some the strong key. words. Yeah. Okay. Alright. And then we'll move on over to uh the spinal tap track. Matilda Mother. Kev, what do you think?
2: Uh
4: I'm also gonna keep this one around, actually. Uh the maybe the spinal tap makes it better. I don't know. Uh the vocal harmonies are well done though. So I, I though I'll be honest, can't remember the song as I'm saying all this. So yeah. who knows?
3: Uh, I, I'm, I'm gonna just fly through it and say ditto 100% on that one. Uh, Chris? Uh, yeah, I guess, uh, even though I appreciate uh, said
2: uh, kind of, again, kind of going back to his childhood, yeah, I, I don't remember enough of it to keep us all flesh It unfortunately.
3: Oh, okay. Okay, and... <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
1: Chris, I'm gonna borrow your rubber glove. I'm gonna take that thing out of there.
3: Mark's, glove. Oh, Chris's rubber on. glove. <laughs> <laughs> and Mark, Mark saving that one. Yeah, uh, it's right.
1: the weaker track on side one, but fine. It's it's All worthy right. of the rubber glove.
3: Okay, moving on over to flaming. <laughs> Ed, what do you think?
1: Uh, no, I don't <laughs> think so. <laughs>
3: I'm get, I'm gonna be brutally honest. Like, <laughs> I I really Sorry. I don't really remember how any of these songs go <laughs> as we speak. Like, not a single one really. Oh, uh, <laughs> I don't remember. In a
1: podcast, it's been two hours doing this. <laughs> but
3: song. uh, so I but I wrote some cool, catchy parts and good <laughs> harmonies. So eventually, apparently, there was a part point in the last day where I did like some of yeah. it, so I'll give it the lightest of squeeze as I can.
2: Yeah, you, yeah you, you, your, you, you your, yeah you had to give your you uh, had to give breadcrumbs with your uh, notes yeah. Yeah.
3: You gotta remind yourself uh, of your notes uh, not to kill it. <laughs> uh, I gotta go it. back and this listen to this. Kill it. Uh, yeah. That's funny I, I'm i pl- Actually <laughs> yeah. uh, I flushed the whole album. It's, I don't remember. I'll, I'll be nice to it now though. <laughs> It's right. the beer talking, uh, <laughs> Chris.
2: Yeah, I yeah I like uh, kind of the innocence of this song. I, it's funny. I pulled up the lyrics in here, and I kind of after looking at the lyrics, I kind of remembered the melody. And so yeah, I'm gonna give it a love. Uh, yeah, I like the uh, it, it doesn't take itself too serious, and it's just uh, it's just enjoying itself. Yeah, so yeah, I'll give it a love. All
3: right, Mark.
1: Yeah, I love it too. I love thinking of it as the uh the classic homosexual song. It sounds kinda weird, but you know, again, fitting it. Yeah, no, fitting mind, in yeah. with the ni- <laughs> you know, the nineteen sixties in Britain, that's uh kind of a um, you know, the flamboyance and what would become the glam movement in, in yeah, Britain. That's it, true. It really uh is kind of yeah. an interesting moment in time for me to listen to.
3: Sure. Okay. All right, moving on over to our Talk H. Uh <laughs> that's how you pronounce that. Kev, what do you think?
4: Uh, yeah, I don't think it's going to be much of a surprise on this one. I just wrote down, uh, hate the opening, hate the title, hate that non-rocking 60s
2: groove. So it's going to be a flush. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, no, no dislikes. Yeah, uh, yeah, just a hate.
3: (laughs) Kev, I I am going to join you there. Uh, The only part I liked was the little...
1: Wait, wait, this is the one with the beatboxing and the af- and and the and the, the, right, the lounge music. Right, right, that, that.
3: that was like the only kind of part that did it for me, and how long does that part last? Not that long, so I don't remember any other. It's a so. two-minute song, and it lasts like two minutes. Okay, it's four minutes. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm going to pull one out of the Mark playbook and say the punctuation is what ruined it for me. <laughs> <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> no, that's it's that's actually what did it.
1: That's
2: what did it. It's bad. See ya, Chris. Uh, yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. It just feels, yeah, like the, them trying to do psychedelia, which they have been doing very well up to this point. But it feels like it's just very pretentious here, and they don't really. again, they're just kind of throwing darts. And yeah, I'm gonna have to flush this
1: one.
0: Lay off the hashish, boys.
2: Yeah. You know what? You know what? I
1: am gonna take. I'm gonna take my double. I won that one. I won it. I had two. Alex at bomb. Yeah, you know what? You know I, what? I, I, I'm gonna screw I, all of you. I'm buying this. <laughs>
0: oh wow!
1: <laughs> Ring it up, and you know what? If you look up beatboxing on Wikipedia, the very first paragraph mentions this song first.
2: So credit all uh, of that. I don't to like power torch. Yeah, well, you know what? I'm gonna really yeah. I'm gonna, guy, yeah, go I'm, gonna uh, I'm gonna use my own uh, my own rubber glove. I'm gonna pull it back out. I'm gonna kill it. I want to destroy it.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> after I bought it,
2: that's savage. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that is I really mean. Actually, you
1: can't it. do that after I buy a song. Then you turn around, pull it out of the sewer, and terminate it in front of my okay, face. We're
2: you, you gonna you're gonna drive over that's here. And yes. I think you you can do that. something about this. <laughs>
3: All right,
2: you're come on,
4: the bat. Alex. Get this under control. Yeah. Got us to take up thy steth- stethoscope.
3: Yep, yep. Closing out side one, Kev. What do you think?
4: <laughs> well, I I actually do remember this one, and I was gonna make a clip of this song actually for a soundboard if I had enough time, and I was gonna isolate uh, "Doctor, Doctor," and yeah, I think that deserves its own flush because I can't. I. This is what I wrote down. I said, the Dr. Doctor, doctor is enough to for me to launch this one.
0: Yeah, so
3: it's, and, you it's know, if I'm going to pick any Dr. Doctor, doctor, it's going to be UFOs, Dr. Doctor, doctor. Sorry, Raj. See ya. Yeah. Flush it.
1: You guys, you're, you're going to put on some Miley Cyrus yeah. after this. Go listen to your Justin Bieber. Uh,
3: you're,
0: you're, uh, hey, you're, Justin you're Bieber's made some good ramp. songs. <laughs> I
2: don't care. It's uh, not what do power you name? torch.
0: Right. No, you know what? Um, Chris, when you I know. I, I,
2: I hate. I, I hate some of the, the lyrics, and, the, and again, some of the dictionary kind of like. Well, let me let's see what we can rhyme with. But uh, I kind of agree with Mark. I like the. I like some of the riffing in here. Uh, I like Roger's um, bass uh, and that keyboard and uh, and uh, kind of chaotic solo part. I yeah. I I, I have to appreciate. Yeah. So this is more the instrumentation I like. But yeah, the lyrics. you can forget it. <laughs> so I'll give it a love.
3: <laughs> okay,
2: and Mark. Big love. I just mentioned, I can't believe all of
1: you just did ignored my comment on that. Beautiful transition from the guitar to that full-out psychedelic. What are you guys doing? You are flushing beautiful arc. You are flushing Da Vinci and Picasso into the sewer so you can spend more time listening to Katy Perry. I don't, I don't tell, tell your wife that I'm
4: alive and flowers thrive and blah, blah, blah.
1: I like that. <laughs> <laughs> <All laughs> Screw right.
3: you. Let's move oh, on. I'm right, terminating children. songs that I buy yeah. retroactively. <laughs> Let, let's move That's on. That's
0: Chris. <laughs> let's
3: move on over to side two, opening up with maybe the most popular song on the album, "Interstellar Overdrive." Kev, what do you think?
4: Well, Alex, uh, I'm gonna make this four for four and uh, give this a flush.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah. Uh, I, you know, that's the thing, because, like, I went into this album kind of looking forward to the song being like, well, this is the song that everybody kind of talks about on this album. So it's like there's got to be something to it. And I listened to it and I just kind of questioned why. So it gets the flush. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so
2: Do what? Did you say that I have two buys for this one? chris or, or, or two terminates chris were you taking it
4: yeah he said he was you say, yeah. okay
2: you do okay um yeah this is hard i just i love that intro so much i mean but i i don't know if i can buy a song just based on i mean it's 10 minutes where i only like probably about 30 seconds yeah. before i exactly. just kind of
3: exactly like that part is um, that part is fine i mean it's cool, yeah but i mean like the rest of it it's just like Jesus.
2: It, well yeah it's just it's just yeah it's just trippy nonsense uh, so i'm gonna you just give it a love yeah just for that i don't want to i don't want to destroy because i love i love that riff i'll give it a very light squeeze uh yeah. ready
1: mark yeah i this is the one song where i think you got me cornered uh give it a flush <laughs>
2: <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I,
3: <laughs> I agree with that i don't
1: know
0: i do why
3: people care about I I, I I feel like we're pulling a chris here and we're like terminating a jump in a way <laughs> <I> know, <yeah. laughs> is this is this the jump of the record okay. oh God, God, i i, 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 right I wanted i
4: wanted, boom, boom. I wanted to, to
2: i wanted to flush it but i just it's like it's like you've got this thing that's just like, just hanging on it's great and the rest of it's just garbage it's like a diamond that's, on a it, pile
1: of poop i guess
2: thank you or, yeah that's what i was gonna say i was trying to figure out like something that's attached to a pile of crap all right what can we do i know yeah right. you we just bought
1: out. it oh no you loved
3: it sorry
2: no i loved it no, I, I like squeezed it okay, yeah i lights, can't okay. uh it, it's too much yeah it's like it's yeah it's yeah too much to love mm-hmm. all right <laughs> there's too much fat there
3: we'll move on over <laughs> to the gnome kev what do you think
2: Well, I'm sorry
4: to the gnome and and Mr. Grimble Grumble, but I'm going to have to unload the bomb on him.
3: (laughs) Four flushes
1: and a terminate.
3: Wait a minute. I'm so sorry. I just made a realization.
4: What's that? that Uh, You could have had two terminates?
3: No. What I meant to do. I'm sorry. I meant to terminate stethoscope. that's the one that's the one i wanted to terminate i know i flushed it but i actually wanted to get rid of that one (laughs) so that was my that was my possession now yeah yeah you terminated (laughs) my beautiful moment yeah that that's the one i actually wanted to get rid of uh actually i like the gnome i'm keeping it i it's catchy it's funny it it got me dancing a little bit and i kind of remember how it goes and it's too it's like the shortest song on the album no, and actually, no, it's not. Uh, Scarecrow is, but it was. It stinks. It was kind of. It was all right. He gave me a little cheer, and I think why I liked it is because it came out of Interstellar Overdrive, where it's like, all right, there's an actual like song here with some melody, and it was it was, it was fun. So I'll give it I'll give it a love. <laughs> Katy Perry, like, I'd recover right. this. I like the I like the gnome. Oh, I'd, I would love to
2: hear the or, or no. yeah. Yeah. Chris, what do you think? <laughs> all right, what is Chris going to do? I know you guys are just on pins and needles. Yeah, tonight. I'm waiting. Buy. All yeah. right, yeah, I I'm gonna buy. This is gonna be my first buy, <laughs> and and you, and you know why? Because because it's f you. That's why it's it's the <laughs> ultimate Man, middle finger. <laughs> Why yeah. that, like, <laughs> you we know don't need, we don't need it you.
4: it doesn't matter because i already
2: terminated it uh, <laughs> oh yeah so that you and like, alex can that,
4: you and alex can walk down the driveway with your mirrored sunglasses on together yeah. too i like to it it's song.
2: almost it's almost like a punk rock song That's not it's just like i don't give a crap this is a song about a gnome screw you record company yeah, yeah. yeah. I, like I, I, you know, it's like I, I'd love to think there was a moment where it's like, well, said we need you to write, a, we need you to write a single. So what does he do? He writes the gnome. I <laughs> that. <Yeah. laughs> we want you to. Yeah. pirate well, radio it's there. Fun. Oh.
3: There's a little tongue and cheek humor to it. I like it. It's so, fun. It's it's uh, fun,
2: and it's and it's it doesn't take itself to, and it's just kind of like, uh, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. Not a lot of people had the balls to do it, and that's why. Mark, what do you think about the gnome? Yeah.
1: Uh, I think that Kevin is wrong. Give it oh, a love. God. Yeah. Alright, that's fine. I gave it a two. So I what I, do you expect I, I, from I can't I take credit on you know, I can't I can't crap on it because of Bilbo Baggins and Leonard Nimoy, so it's not their fault. <laughs> All
3: right, let's move on over to chapter twenty four. Kev, what do you think?
1: Uh actually
4: I'm gonna buy this song.
3: Oh wow, yeah. what an enthusiastic buy. I'm gonna buy this no,
4: song. No, no, no. Uh, I'll I'll tell you what <laughs> actually that whole sunset, sun you know, sunset part reminds me of uh the call part in and you and i um mm-hmm. maybe not as epic as in and you and i but it's a different time so you know what the harmonies and the yes feeling uh, gives me a strong buy for this song
0: yeah
3: i'm gonna give it a buy as well uh really like what's going on here love the vocals uh is one of the longer ones eh, actually no it's kind of medium length it's longer than the gnome yeah i like this one a lot actually uh it, it stuck with me on my first listen and i still love it today and i feel like people agree so chris what do you think
2: uh yeah this is gonna be my serious vibe or my more yeah this again it's a very warm blanket yeah i love the kind of ambient quality to Sid's vocals uh I like the beatles kind of lucy in the sky with diamonds vibes going on and um yeah roger's bass fills i love this is like the second or third one on here that i uh, I know most people probably don't notice it, but I I liked it. Yeah.
4: Mark? You know what I just thought? You know what I just thought though? Anybody what? who starts Chris's Spotify playlist on Pink Floyd is going to be hit in the face with the, gnome. <laughs> 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 Man, mine's the
3: just... power charge. And... <laughs> 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 that's true. But Mark, all right, Mark, what do you yeah. think about chapter twenty four?
1: Uh, I think I'm going to give it a boring buy.
3: <laughs> all right. All right. And we will move on over to the Scarecrow. Kev, what do you think?
4: I think we have to be uh, back uh, par for the course here. (laughs) (laughs)
3: Let's
2: get back back. to what what we know, what we're familiar with. We have to get back to (laughs) some normalcy here.
3: (sighs) Yeah. I feel like I want to give it a right, light squeeze. Come on, squeeze. Mr. Gnome. I feel like I want to give it a light squeeze, but...
4: You like the gnome. Why don't you like the scarecrow with the bird on I, his shoulder? I
3: know. I feel like I, I, well, come on, man, I what are you should, <laughs> but...
2: so defensive here.
3: Nah, no, I'll get rid of it. I feel like you only need one of those songs in the so gnome. Is, this, right, is one, this a
4: tea or a flush?
3: I'll give it a flush. He already oh, uses yeah.
2: tea. We're out of tea. Oh, all right. Yeah, we only. Well, you only need what like, one thing to put in your front yard. Yeah, this is the yeah the album the album yard. Yeah, you got a gnome and a scarecrow. The Wizard of Oz. Uh, no. Yeah, yeah, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna keep uh, the scarecrow. I like the uh, yeah like the that part with the kind of the with the synth and the acoustic guitar um, and the imagery too. I kind of again because I read a little bit deeper into it. I'm like you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a little bit more appreciation. So y'all yeah, give it a love. All right, Mark.
1: Chris, yeah, that that deeper look into it. I do. I did originally agree with Alex that there's no reason for Nome and Scarecrow to both be on here, but uh, <laughs> the uh, the Sid Barrett uh, self reflection um, in it. I, yeah, I, and they actually filmed a music video for this. Um, look it up if you haven't seen it. Uh, maybe it's not really worth your time. I don't know. It's only two minutes and eleven seconds. <laughs> Is it just of your the light? Wizard and of you know Oz? What? I like the short songs. So I uh, come from Metallica. I know that has no context whatsoever to listen to this, but uh, <laughs> two minutes 11.
3: Sign me up for more of those. Love. All right. And we'll move it on over to the final song on the album, Bike. Jab, what do you think?
4: Is this a question? I don't think it is. Ah. <sighs> 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 It's yeah. been a good album, everybody.
3: Yeah, I'm going to join you on the flush. Put it down there.
2: <laughs> uh Chris? No, I'm going to I'm going to grab my my rubber glove again. I'm going to pull it out of there and give it a Chris's rubber glove. Yeah, I just yeah, I like the the childhood kind of innocence of this. Again, it's just a unique and again, a lot of this is just reading out, uh, reading deeper into it and just kind of appreciating more uh, as far as the more kind of deeper layers. Uh, also, got to love the goose in the end. Yeah. <laughs> Mark? You know, that's...
3: Yeah, uh, oh, go I, ahead. I'm going to
2: share Chris's rubber glove or he's going to give me another one
1: because it's definitely yeah. a love for me. Um, just, just the, just, just thinking about it, and just thinking about what was going on at the time in Studio A, and you know who was influencing who with that ending, and just being so bold as to close an album out like that. Just as, it's an album that really does not care, uh, certainly what Kevin thinks nor Alex. Uh, you know no. what. It's Pink Floyd, and this is what they put out there for album number one. And, you know, it's really the, for someone who's thought of as a musical genius or just so influential, Sid Barrett's uh, musical output is so limited. So, guess you guys don't see it because, um, you know, that's all he had to offer to the world, and really. Like, I think it did one yeah. solo album. But,
2: right. I'd, uh, I'd like to throw out a, uh, some honorable mentions because I know they were, yeah, that's well, right. one C. song C. was on 20. the, U, yeah, see yeah, Emily play and Arnold Lang. Yeah, two other songs you guys should check out. Yeah, very interesting. Uh, yeah, one about a transvestite stealing women's clothing, which I guess is very. Uh, that was before. I think that was the very first kind of single that I think entered the charts in uh, in England. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I know those were all. It, that, that was the interesting thing. I always thought these two, those two songs, were on this record because I mean they were two of like the songs people talk about the most as far as singles. I'm like, and I'm looking. I'm like, I don't see it anywhere. And then I'm like, oh, okay, then there was the US version that had C Emily play. And then I guess Arnold Lang was just a single that was never, I mean, it wasn't on any record. might have been a like a A or B side to a mm-hmm. single, but yeah. Um,
1: Quick comment if on you, this. Uh, yeah. Chris, you, you want to boost your uh, out of 10? Because uh, you and I are equal in just uh, <laughs> only one flush.
2: Yeah, I think I might go up to a uh, maybe a 7.5, I think maybe. Okay, full, so a full point. point. Yeah. Alex, it sounds, sounds like you need a little
1: uh, uh, reduction because uh, you yeah. flush quite a bit for a 6.5. Uh,
3: it does seem oh. that way, doesn't it, guys, unfortunately? So where was I at here? What did I uh, like One, two, three, four. Did you flush uh, five, flaming or not? Six, I don't even remember. <laughs> Out of like, <laughs> 11. Uh, who percentage. cares? No, I don't care anymore. Uh... <laughs> I'll be generous. I'll give it a five.
1: Okay, that's I'll generous. On this. I'm not even going to talk to Kevin about his two. Um, uh, you can. Hey, what, <laughs> if but...
4: wanted, what if I wanted? What I? What if I wanted okay, to go a up? Negative
1: number. No, no, negative why one. No, I,
4: I, I will happily do that. As you say, this is a show of opinions. In my opinion is wrong. A, it's a two. It's a no. Yeah. It's it's a not, it I'm never listening to it again. It doesn't, I, I, it doesn't I,
3: I, get. It doesn't even get a two point five or a two point two five.
4: No, because uh, Saint Anger got a two point five, and like I said, I'd rather listen to that. So there we that, go. Okay, that's, I want you to I, show I, me oh, one on terrible. Saint
1: Anger you'd rather listen to than this.
4: Oh, uh, pretty much any of the songs. Okay, name the song. I don't
3: know if Sweet Amber, <laughs> yeah. which you're, I bought, looking, and I can you're sing for at you. not you? No, I am not looking there. at it.
4: I, I am not looking at Sweet Amber, Saint Anger. No. What is it, Invisible Kid? One of them? Yes, it yeah. is.
3: <laughs> yeah, I can't say I would. I don't know if I would say. I mean, this is one of those things where I can't say I'll really go back and ever listen to this, but... At
4: least at least I can work out to St. Anger.
3: Uh, yeah, I, I don't...
1: You're, I you're can't comparing. do anything with this song. Yes, you can. Yeah, you can you're sit comparing. in a dark room and constantly... You can, you can, you can, you can monotask. Some, I mean, how important is, is that in 2020? To be able to sit Maybe. down and just listen to an... I mean, I did that when I just shut off everything and listen to this album like you have to get like you don't have to drop acid to listen to this album, but you at I least might. have to pay attention
3: i, I might maybe it'll help well, you
2: okay yeah you're boost, you're here. boost i want kevin to... i want <laughs> kevin to after we can i want him to go find some some uh uh edibles and then get back to us
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, if cute... that's what it takes to enjoy the album i'm Just not disappears. Going to enjoy
2: it because i that's
1: not it doesn't take that. I enjoy the Elm. I, I find it to uh,
4: be no. And yeah, I know again that. the yeah, mitochondrial
1: DNA of progressive I don't rock. Care about here. that?
4: It doesn't. But yeah. So the mitochondria DNA of music came from somebody beating their head on a wall. But well, I. That's not going to. I'm going <laughs> to like it.
0: That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yes, it does.
4: Music <laughs> maybe, came from someplace.
3: Maybe he needs to expand. So his you mind can't just some, say, "Well, uh, it came from substances. this,
4: which came from hey, that, which came from I, that." So if, that makes it I, good.
3: If I can play devil's advocate here. The impetus of the show, and maybe this will help kind of tie a a bow and everything. Impetus of the show is millennials commenting on albums that we did not grow up with giving our honest takes on them. So I think that's fair. (laughs) I'll walk away slowly. Thank you. Okay. Well, my honest take is is out there for everyone to criticize,
1: and Kevin's honest take is there for everyone. At least I'm the only
4: contrarian, uh, because every review I saw is just gushing over this album. I'm like I'm gonna yeah, be the a, only person who puts anything out that hates this album.
2: Yeah, That's it's, it's gonna be me. I, 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 I will agree. I think it's more historically. I mean, compared to the rest of their discography, it's not as as accessible. But uh, I think historically, it was just yeah, for that that type of music. I mean, yeah, as far as who they were competing against, I think it it kind of uh, it competed well. How yeah, old were they when they, we they were?
1: They eighteen, nineteen.
2: No, well, Sid, I think was the youngest. Uh, if I remember, I think he was twenty I, or tw- uh, or twenty-one. I think when mm-hmm. they, uh, Roger, I, I yeah, funny enough, I thought they were all the same age, but I guess Roger was like three or four years older than everybody else, uh, and um and uh, uh, uh Rick Wright.
3: Cab, can, can yeah. I chime in here? I'm going to chime in here real quick. Sure uh you you obviously i'm pretty sure everybody else in this group here is a more experienced pink floyd listener than i have i am and have listened to more but i uh, i'm looking at the uh <clears throat> the all music user ratings and uh piper is pretty high up there but uh the album's coming up for you know kind of from this more like 60 well i don't know i just let's just say like it's only going downhill from here, apparently. Yeah. Until we yeah. start getting into like the golden era of Pink Floyd. So. I-, I was going to throw
1: that out there too. That I don't. <laughs> as much as I like this album, I don't know how much my tolerance will last for this well, or well, a worse here, 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 version here. of this. Because you know, once here, that.
2: Here, I'll. Uh, here. Yeah, I'll. I'll end with uh, with uh, one point. Yeah. Because after, I mean, this was the only Sid record. Because yeah, he pretty much collapsed after this, and so he does have credits much- on the next
0: one
1: though.
2: Yeah, but I mean, it was pretty much, I think, David Gilmore kind of picking up the slack. But yeah, they I think they were trying c- to do what Sid does, but not really being, yeah, as far as in, in the Sid headspace. I mean, because I think this is when, after this, Roger Waters really starts taking over. And I was reading, uh, as far as the uh, the production of this record, um, or the recording of the record, I it seems like, yeah, Roger, This there were kind of like very early kind of evidence of uh the producer going to roger for kind of as far as kind of guiding the band because sid was so out of it and uh not necessarily going away from sid's vision but as far as just kind of trying to get the record done that he was kind of picking up the and i think after sid left i think he started doing that even more but again trying to do sid's part without sid being there so i guess i think that's why those records like uh, sauce full of secrets and um and all those uh the, the next two or three records why they're so uneven because they didn't have the, sid sure but they were still trying but they still yeah were trying to perpetuate those elements well, and it just wasn't there credit
1: to them for being taking you know taking five yeah. six albums and finding their voice um, eventually you know this is uh, the 1960s 1970s elves yeah. were coming out not just once a year but sometimes even more than once a year so we'll be getting into that and before we do 30 seconds that best represent the album i'm almost thinking of banning kevin from the vote on this because uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know that so maybe chris and i will just take a hey, seat yeah. on,
2: on an
4: see, album I that you guys on an album that you guys hate i'm just gonna cut you off completely yeah, uh, so the editor, I guess,
1: can do that. I'm going to nominate um, Take Thy Step of. Scope and walk just that uh that uh whole just just oh the transition okay uh, jesus blood like i just think that that's because it is a waters contribution and it sounds like a waters contribution is it right it's the best balance of the band i think rather than just going full yeah, but
2: this is yeah but that's 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 a roger water i mean because i mean sid i mean dominates this record so i think we need a sid uh as far as which sid moment best represents the record. Um, that's a tough one. I mean, you could say, I mean, I know I terminated it, but, uh, like, power, um, yeah, what the hell? I can't even remember. <laughs> <PowerPoint>. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, as far as the weirdness, yeah, the, uh, yeah, the kind of the psychedelic trip feel to it, uh, I think that's probably the most, the purest, kind of uh representation on this record is right there. Not that I don't like the I mean I I, I don't like the song, but I think it as far as representing the Cid era and kind of going representing all of those parts. I think that uh you could say the beginning um into the piano part, I mean, is very uh I mean it's the it's almost the definition of psychedelic rock. Mm-hmm. Um yeah as far as just these very weird jumps that kind of throw the audience off. But again, I mean they're playing to an audience that expects stuff like that. Let me. And I think I think I think it's yeah, set at his most uh, abstract. Yeah, and he for a guy that that's pretty much who he was, I think that yeah, it just works perfectly.
0: Kevin, do you want to cue that uh- up?
2: you could also do, I guess the beginning of bike too. I mean, cause I know he talks a lot about uh, kind of that childhood innocence mm-hmm. uh, or from that perspective or, for, or speaking from the perspective of a child. And I think the beginning of bike could also be that. Uh, cause it seems like that was, that was an area he was very comfortable in, kind of re kind of revisiting. Sure.
1: that's uh, Definitely much more representative of that childhood um, theme. And
2: there are more. Yeah. And there are more. And if you want to talk about conventional strong uh, uh, song strike uh, structure within the Sid Barrett, Pink Floyd, I mean, I think that's also a great kind of, again, it's melodic. It's very kind of, uh, uh, very innocent. Yeah. Very kind of upbeat. Uh, uh, again, with that little bit of British sense of humor, you can also throw, throw that in as far as this being a very, probably the most British Pink Floyd record. I mean, that they ever did. Sure. I mean, you could, uh, uh, which again, that's all over the record uh, as well. And this, uh, probably one of the more stronger, um, uh, uh, Kind of representations of that.
1: Let me throw one in. Uh, This is the, um, this is minute 58 of flame. I love how it picks up. Like it's got that slower transition. I love what yeah, it's Roger's got, it, it, doing with the bass. Yeah I, 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 yeah,
2: I like. I like that, but it has too much Beatles influence in it with the pianos and the uh, uh, just the way he sings it too. Um, I could almost hear like John Lennon kind of singing over that. But uh, either one of the two that I chose. I mean, if you want to look for a more conventional song structure, I mean, Bike I think is a great uh, example. Uh, but if you're looking for his f- pure like psychedelic Pink Floyd, I mean, Power. Our trip uh tri, no. uh, uh, t- uh yeah, I think is uh um then maybe I'll go with bike maybe just because it's more of a song, Alex versus just kind of, a,
3: not really no, if anything, maybe the riff of interstellar overdrive i'll be the I'll be the obvious guy and just pick the single i don't know <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
4: actually, I yeah. would say actually I, I would say that um if you're gonna do bike that that kind of represents the album a little
2: bit. At least yeah, it's the a way kind of cork so. Right. All right. So we going to
1: we'll go with that 321 it is a representation track for sure yeah. so that closes it out Piper at the Gates of Dawn hope you enjoyed the discussion I know that I did uh, and uh, just send us a, a message if you'd like to hear a little bit more from us on uh, what we might do next uh, in terms of discography I know we got 14 more I think Pink Floyd records to go to but we'll be heading over to a saucer full of secrets like I said these 70s bands 60s bands uh, they put out albums albums at a rapid pace. Um, it definitely wasn't a, a long wait if you were uh, a fan of the music in the era. It's kind of uh, jealous in a way when it takes bands maybe 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11 years to put out any kind of music these days. So um, hope to see you then. We will see you again in the year